Spicy or plain chicken on your chicken filler roll? Right, I'm gonna actually give you the fry. I don't eat chicken filler rolls. Oh, <laughs> where are you from? Yeah. You're not from town. I don't, I, yeah, I don't eat meat, so I don't have chicken filler rolls. Oh. But, right, if I did, if I was picking, I'd have a breakfast roll over a chicken filler roll. So, yeah, I love Yeah, but you can't have a breakfast roll at town today. Ah, uh, yeah, you can have a breakfast Some roll. Some places won't serve you. There's, there's a good thing, breakfast or dinner. Mm, that's yeah, we could use that. Is that gonna be your zinger for the week? <laughs> we'll use that as Jamie's zinger. Look, if you want zinger this it, week, it can be her zinger if she wants to be her zinger. Yeah, well, a breakfast, I didn't have a breakfast. A good breakfast roll is unbelievable, but it is. But a chicken roll in the morning, oh, in the in, at lunchtime, I mean, and a breakfast yeah. roll in the morning. You know but if I, mean? I was going for it, I'd go with spicy, yeah, you'd definitely. have to, yeah, yeah. definitely. You'd have to. Look, who gets plain chicken? Look, loads of the boys get just butter and plain chicken on a roll. And that's all, no toppings. <laughs> that's the most vanilla thing I've ever oh, heard in my life. Oh, it's creepy, isn't it? That's sad. It's like getting oh. a 99 with no flakes. Yeah. <laughs> it literally it is. is. But uh, yeah, spicy chicken, 73%, 27% by playing chicken. Uh, this was a bad one, wasn't it? The fireplace and a mantelpiece. What do you call it? Like, but that was it. That was one that was suggested so many times. That's why Calvin said it last week. Yeah. Like, right. But it was just a suggestion. Like I was getting into arguments with people being like, they're two different things. And people are like, no, they're not. They're the same thing. It's just different. I was like, it's not. And we're at the wasting a singer over this pretty much. <laughs> it's two different things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah so completely. You leave things on the mantelpiece. Yeah, it's you the light ledge. the fire in the fireplace. Yeah. 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 It's the ledge. It's yeah, the mantelpiece. Yeah. 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 But you wouldn't believe how many times that was suggested. Like I've yeah. seen that so many times. Mad, like, isn't it? It's madness. But anyways, 56% at the fireplace. It doesn't even matter yeah. what the percentages are. Wall fellas from last week. Would you rather live in Leitrim for the rest of your life or go baldy for the rest of your life? <laughs> no hair. No eyelashes. No eyebrows. Shiny head. I've never been to Leitrim, so I'm going to throw <laughs> caution to the wind and say I'd live there and get a fast car. I don't know if you're allowed to live. Is that, was that <laughs> I, think you have, I think you have to live in Leitrim, wouldn't I? That's it. Go yeah. bald to live in Leitrim. That's what it was. I live in Leitrim. Would you not rock the Sinead yeah. O'Connor? Uh, do you know what? Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to leave Dublin. Yeah, yeah never, yeah. never. Leave. It's not that I wouldn't like to leave Dublin. I just wouldn't like to live in Leitrim. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? it is, it you is. roasted cunts last week on that <laughs> podcast. I didn't, did I? He's not one of Yeah, I'd rather go baldy anyway. I'd rather go bald Yeah, fuck that. But uh, 69% of people said they'd rather go baldy as well. 31% said they'd live in later. And then spots are solids when you're playing pill, Jimmy. Oh. Solids, I think. Solids and stripes. I'm trying to think of what way to. No, spots and stripes. Spots, spots and stripes, yeah. yeah. Spots and stripes, spots and yeah. yeah. Someone said, is it not stripes and a few drinks with the boys? <laughs> <laughs> stripes and spots. <laughs> but um, that's the poetry from last week, done and dusted. Yeah. Calvin, I don't have a singer for this week. I have. Well, you hit me Two. Oh, lovely. Yeah, one's a would you rather, right? Right. So would you rather 50 quid now 
or you can flip a coin and if you get it right, you get a hundred quid. Oh, I'd flip the coin. It's only 50 quid. If you said 50 grand and a hundred grand. Same thing. Well, it's not because it's well, not 50 grand. 50 yeah. grand is no, taking that. I mean, in the difference, in the difference, you know what I mean? Like, if, if it was 50 quid and 100 quid, I'd flip the coin because you're only losing out on 50 euro of your lose. But if it's 50 grand and 100 grand, there's not a hope of flipping that coin. Well, we'll go, I'll go 50 grand, 100 grand. Yeah, no, I'm not flipping the coin. Not no, a hope. Jamie. But all I don't know, head of me, it depends. Red. It depends how hard up you are. Like, there's some, you know, like, well, I'd, then I'd right say now, 5 million, I'd 10 say, million. Oh, oh I take taking the five million. See the five million check if I lose, I don't do yeah, that. Do the half a million like, a mil. There's too many euro signs in my eyes after the five million that yeah. Yeah. my brain doesn't even understand ten well, million. You, you work out the chances of it, yeah. So you're guaranteed one. So you're guaranteed yeah. the fifty or whatever, yeah. And then you have half the chance of winning double the money. If you ask me coin. now, I flip the coin. I'd flip the coin now if it was between 50 uh, and 100. Ah, I'd flip the coin by 50 and 100. Yeah, lose now. Like, I'm not saying we have 50 quid to throw away, but if I hadn't gone out in the no. first place, someone said, there's 50 yeah. quid, flip the coin. I'd flip the coin. I think I'd flip the coin. Yeah, yeah, but if, I don't like even in the the five even 10 in the million, big ones. Really? I, probably, I don't know. I, I really, I'd be tempted. I really am tempted. Yeah, you'd yeah. get a gap though. Well, like you'd, even... you'd be struggling to get a gap of five million the way things are going. <laughs> you said you'd be self alive. You wouldn't, you bollocks. <laughs> what for five million? I don't. Man, I ah, you'd get yourself. You'd get yourself alive for three million. I don't think you would. Well, I don't mean with a luxury lifestyle, but you'd get yourself alive for two million. <sighs> One I don't million, think you would, Terence. You, you'd you get would. a gaff and you'd have enough to say, set yourself up in terms of it, whether it's a business, a job, a yeah. financial yeah. advisor, a, whatever, mm. whatever debt you need to get yourself out of. Like you could. One hundred percent. Yeah. For, you, for you, two million. Two, yeah, you yeah. set yourself a lot with that, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't live the Floyd Mayweather or the Conor McGregor lifestyle. But you'd no. live in Dublin. You buy a gap of three quarters of a mil because you make sure it's alright, and then you fucking what one point two to play around with. Mate, you get a three-bedroom guy for three-quarters of a mil, the way things are going. Yeah, I know, it's shocking, isn't like it? It's, it's I don't little, know, I just, well, that's my one, and then my That's one. a little one, by the way, I have to yeah, say, that's, 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 that's a wrecking we had a little bit, right. yeah, but that's a good one, yeah. And then this is something that I know, I already know your answer, Terence, because I've gave you stick over this before, but you know when you go to pictures, yeah? Yeah. You go to the Odeon. Where, which one is the Odeon? There's one down at the point, there's one in oh, Kewlock, Charlestown. It well, depends, it? like... If I want the buzz, I'm not going to the Odeon because it's like a graveyard down there. So it's yeah. a bit dead. I think it's a great one because like, it's peaceful. <laughs> I love going there because you do. Sometimes I remember going to see going to see a film there on my own age ago when I only got set up. I no one to go in. I was wanted to see the Life Pie and it was the last week. I was the only one in the whole pictures. And then I was sitting there watching it. And then I started chipping myself because like, oh, I'm the only one in here. And it was real yeah. empty and yeah, The reason why I said the Odeon is because they're the only ones in Ireland that do butter on the popcorn. Are they? Yeah, for the insurance. Wait, does Savoy not do that anymore? Do they butter on the popcorn? Because the insurance. Ah, right. right. Do you so, do you get buttered popcorn when you go to pictures or do you get the nachos? Oh, my, I'm a boat kind of person. Well, you have to pick one. Oh, <laughs> nachos. Brian O'Brien, another shout out on the podcast. Nachos all. Me and Brian O'Brien used to drive out to the audience to get nachos, not watch a film, have a game of pill. Loads of people used to yeah. do that. Oh my God, Boy, just don't get them nachos. are absolutely atrocious. It's a plastic tray. Mm. No. It's like, they're like shards of glass getting through in. If you 
jalapenos on top of them. <laughs> no. And a bit of cheese sauce, which is disgusting. Whereas if you go to a restaurant, you get proper, you get proper nachos ones, yeah, where yeah. the cheese is melted in. Now you pick it up and it's like it's stringy cheese. Oh, they're yeah. whopper. Them Aldi nachos are the most overrated things I've ever heard of. They're nice. If I was on death row, if I could get like a breakfast, a dinner, and a supper, they'd be my supper. Like, they'd be the last thing that I ate. Really? Them, oh. They're like eating shards of glass. They're the only thing I've missed during lockdown. It's them fucking nachos. They're unbelievable. I was strung out them, but they are little. You go down the little and spoil the packet of nachos. No, I'm it's pretty sure same, it's the same though. thing. It's, it's like saying anything. It's, it's yeah, literally, I've seen them making, they literally pour a handful in and then they throw a few jalapenos on top of them and there's your nachos and a bit of cheese sauce. No, they're different. A million percent. It's, it's oh, they, that's exactly what it is. I've seen them doing. But the nachos, the shell, are different. The other oh, nachos no. are mad salted on. Oh, I don't know how to explain that fucking shell. All I know is the butter popcorn out the audience is A1. So what was the thing up? Both the popcorn, popcorn and the I'd be going for the popcorn. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to. Yeah. Do you know what? As well, like if I went to pictures and I didn't get popcorn, I'd feel like I didn't go to. You pictures. didn't go to pictures, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah, a big, yeah. like the largest uh, cup of coke. Yeah. With the popcorn, like that's yeah. like, and then yeah. after that, you can get the minstrels or the wherever else you get. Something you know? I need to bring up as well. People who put fucking like uh, Maltesers and minstrels in the popcorn. Yeah, loads I'm not of people. I not know. I think that's no. And the same way, uh, like putting. Chocolate in your crisps and all that. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. me. No, I know people that used to put king in the popcorn. No, that's what I was going to say. I did that and I enjoyed that. That's I enjoy king. I'd hate them in popcorn. It's unreal. It's so nice. But chocolate and popcorn is a different story. I'm not into that. Carry on. No, yeah. oh, I remember somebody did it to me before in the pictures and I took a handful of it and I bit down too quick and I cut the gums on myself because there was king in it. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm. See. I, I remember eating King and uh, popcorn before, but I was just doing... Uh, knowing you, you get to the end of the bag and you're like, oh, I feel sick. And I was just doing that to, to yeah. like... To, I was convincing myself that yeah. I liked them. Rotten. It's like, uh, do you eat Winkles? No. And oh I only had, I only thought about this yesterday. Yeah. I was only talking about this yesterday. I love picking Winkles. Yeah. I used to love doing that when I was younger and I never used to eat them then. I used to mill them and see now, oh, when I look at my niece and nephews eating them, I'm like getting nearly oh, getting like sick. I haven't seen them in years. They're like snots. I know, yeah. yeah. Get, you get the little eye out. The yeah, little yeah. <laughs> but we used to we used to pick them and then sell them around yeah. around the flat. Yeah, and, um, yeah. When I'd be in my auntie's up in Ballybock, we'd sell them around 20 pence a bag and sell them around the avenue and I'd be going around little business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know someone that was doing that recently. I can't remember who it was. Now, I say recently, it could have been about three years ago. I've seen someone selling the Winkles. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a pretty common thing years ago. It yeah. was, but, yeah. it, but like, yeah. I'm not even, three years ago was recent enough. Like, as soon as you yeah. knew someone had Winkles, you'd be yeah. baiting it Because they are actually, yeah. you, actually, you have to go out and get them when the tide has gone out. Yeah. Yeah. So it is yeah. an ordeal yeah. to get them. Yeah. Can I do you see Winkles? No. Winkles, little Winkles. Do you know what I don't know what they're is? real, there's definitely an, a, probably an official like name for them. Like a sea snail. They're tiny. They're like, they'd be stuck to all the, all the rocks when the tide goes out. It's basically a snail that's, that's stuck to rocks in the water. Do you say you, we talk, we're still talking about the cinema? Keep How it, did we jump into Winkles there? Sorry, that I... Gemma. That's Gemma. Yeah. Run away with the podcast. You just have to rein me in because one, I talk for Ireland and two, I segue. Well, you're on top of Bollocks, Gemma. <laughs> it's it's perfect for it. Yeah. But uh, no, because I was only saying that, yes, I'd love to actually go out and pick Winkles because yeah. it's good crack, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to bring Harper but out and show up. We could get a zinger out of that, did you? 
eight winkles or did you pick winkles? Yeah. Years ago? Well, do you know what I mean? You're going to sing on the other show. We'll, we'll slap that one. I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to go pick winkles and probably I'm going to check the toy this weekend and go pick them winkles. My cousins go all the time. They go out nearly every weekend. Yeah, that's some there. That's some there. So, what you do with them, you'd go out and you'd pick a big bag full of them, yeah, and then you boil them, don't you? Yeah. You just boil them in the pot. Bit and, of salt. Yeah, and they stink the whole gaff up. Then you get like a, a safety pin, you know, like a safety pin, and you pull them out with the safety pin. You take the eye off it, and then you pull them out, and they look like a snot. And I know people that were like living on them. I know people reared on them. Oh, yeah. my daddy, uh, Winkles on bread. Yeah, I've seen that. Half of the range, I'm telling you. I've seen people do it. But it's yeah. disgusting. Oh, my God, it stinks the gaff out as well. It's the smell of it used to give me a headache. It smelled like Dolly Mount on a bad day. Like, yeah. Very bad. <laughs> very bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, do you know what the worst part was? You'd hear them. No, yeah, you'd, they'd you'd scream. Hissing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You'd hear them screaming when you put them to boil. It's the air like yeah. releasing from the inside yeah. of the thing when you'd. Yeah, it's, it's like a whistle. Yeah. I used to say to you, were screaming. Yeah. So I wonder, there's going to be loads of people baffled about this. I guarantee it. There's yeah. going to be loads of people like, what are you I talking I remember about? saying to loads of my friends who weren't were, like, not from town. And they were like, what the fuck is a winkle? A yeah. winkle? Like, is that a joke name for something? I was like, no. <laughs> Showing them and they were like nearly getting sick. That's what you'd hear someone who has pointy shoes. You say, where'd you get winkle them winkle pickers? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Winkle pickers. You yeah. take the oil of a snail with them on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's mad, isn't it? So oh, that's only talking about this yesterday. You, you mentioned it yesterday, I think. Was you going to... Oh, someone texted us and said it as well during the week. No way. Said that's, something about winkle See, because it's, it's winkle season, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> the summer. You're yeah. Yeah, 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 picking definitely. them. Yeah. So... Uh, so did you pick winkles or did you eat winkles? Does the, the popcorn or nachos in the audience? Yeah. yeah, and then the coin. Well, you, right, I, I have one right now. I know what you are. You are probably going to be like, "This is crap," because I know you are answer for this. But I'm curious to know if anyone listening to the podcast has ever heard. Do you know all husbands? All husbands, all husbands, sausages and rashers, and they used to be. Oh. In, remember all husbands on Talbot Street? Do you not remember no, that? No, it was I a, a big butcher's, but it was like. It was like the buzz of a Saturday, all sawdust on the ground and all, all everyone from town would go in and it was like, anyway, called All Husbands for Years, someone pointed out to me a few weeks ago that it's, uh, they call it Elhousens because it's a dirt, now you was looking at me going, oh, so, yeah, but like anyone, like I said to me, ma, come here, do you know what that's called? Old houses and she pissed herself laughing like all of them were laughing me and not so I don't know if you just don't know it might not be worth putting it in but yeah uh, you have to be from down that area no no anyone who'd know all hasn't like everyone knows all hasn't like it was a do you know where uh, you know where the um where the bookies is? You know on Talbot Street now. There's no, no, that seven. game shop. There's no. seven of them. <laughs> do you know the where super value is? Yeah, across from Super Value. Yeah. No, where the game shop yeah. is, it was there. And yeah, oh, you where that spar is, sorry, the spar. You mentioned yeah. a minute ago about the shortest on the floor. Why was the shortest on the floors in butchers? Yeah. I Does anyone know that? It must have been slippery. I think, yeah, because you know what, actually, in, um, it's like that in other countries as well, where they, the slaughterhouses, I think it's to stop the, like, Juices yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it'd be yeah, slippery. Yeah, stop the slippery thing. Yeah, the stop, the stop the slipping in the kip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's a weird one. Yeah, but anyways, that's the was done for the week. Right. Talk to us, Calvin. Talk to us. I think you need to talk to us because it was funny that it was a coincidence that last week we were cycling Leitrim and Connor mentioned that uh, Carrick on Shannon's in Leitrim and yeah. where were you the weekend, Terence? In Leitrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the boat. The mount of late suggestions about that. 
But what a weekend, though. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I was jealous. Bro, it's like, imagine, like, that was... Now, my family is mad. I was going to say that. Imagine going down with all the boys. It's like going down with all the boys in my family. Mm. They're fucking stonewall mad. But uh, imagine if we did get down there with all the boys. Well, it's on the cards. It's on the cards. We might have something booked for Yeah, there's not, I had so many messages I about it. Want to well. say, do, do I want to condemn myself in the podcast? <laughs> we might have something booked for Father's Day, but I'll leave it at that. Yes, I know more. We were all living through your stories I'm sure yeah. anyone that followed oh, you it's like yeah. that behind the screen <laughs> bouncing it was so we go there every year but like that's yeah. like a family thing that we do every single year it's and deadly it, oh it's the best buzz ever and it just gets better and better because like see the first night down there we were, we're all like when I got late everyone's gaggled whatever and whatever and like first night was like a real karaoke night we're all jumping up singing having the buzz and then the next night we were calling it the rave cave there was all the 90s chillings all oh, everyone on the muck just late I just love my family with all my heart it was just the best time ever but everyone asked me about it I don't know I don't actually know the prices or not because my uncle's still short around and we yeah. just give whatever we have to it's give It's common enough though I know people that go down I, every yeah, year I, yeah. my, me and uh, loads of my friends kind of did set up our own festival we did it a, few, a good few years ago now and we did it a few times since so we rented eight boats right and there was eight to ten people to a boat. Yeah. Then one of the boats we had a big PA and decks on, and we had a few of our friends that play music. And every say every day we'd drive the boats down, kind of lock them together, and have like DJ sets or like different people like playing or singing or whatever <laughs> on them. And it was the best one of the years. We went into one of the towns in Carrick, and they booked a DJ set for one of our mates in a local bar and we all yeah. went in like you know there was like gangs of us going in and the only people that were there were like people like locals and then people down hens and stags and yeah. I think they thought we were like at the letter of zoo we were all like yeah two days in like you know but it's great it's a great thing to do it's so good it's a great like, spot it's it. a great spot it's like Man. the whole country just converges in there mm. oh you got spotted down there yeah they walk past us, right? And then I think one of them must have said, I think one of them is on TikTok. I thought it was going to be through the podcast. I got spotted about the podcast as well, I'll tell you now. But one of them must have said, one of them is on TikTok. So they come back up and they said to me, cousin's fella, they said, uh, how are you? Are you on TikTok? And he goes, no. So anyway, like, all right, now, but I, and they were walking off and my uncle, the fucking wanker, with a few drinks all of the Derek Woods fella, he goes, I was looking for the hip knocker. And then one of them goes, I clattered it, don't stop your hips. And then they all turned around, they all looked at me and they were like, there's the fucking hip Spotted yesterday, and I say spotted now. This one it was intimidating. Yeah, I was only around the corner from my gaff, and uh, there was a fella at the traffic lights. I was walking, he was stopped, and he was beeping at me, right? And I thought he was beeping the traffic, so I didn't pay any notice to him. And then I seen his window go down, and uh, his border staring at me. And I was like, What's going on? Your man laying the cross, and he goes, Keep down what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like what, what? what you mean? And then I didn't say anything, and then he go, and then he looked at me again, and he goes, Keep doing what you're doing. 
And I goes, no, so mate, thanks again with thumbs up. And I walked and I said to me, boy, I goes, she goes, oh, you, you get so much support, don't you? I goes, he's not supporting me. He's telling me if I stop doing this podcast, he's going to boot me head in. <laughs> That's what he told me. Oh, he wasn't he wasn't saying keep doing what you're doing. He was telling me That's keep doing what you're doing. His board and all looked buddy. You know what I mean? His board was like, you better fucking listen to me. <laughs> fucking sweating. Uh, and then uh, I was standing on top of the diamond, standing to one of the boys yesterday, and a fella pulls up in the van, uh, a walk van for some company, and he stopped and he says, eh, uh, Oh yeah, love your podcast. I listen to it every Friday. It keeps me going and walking. I was like, God, oh, thanks, man. Nice one. And he literally, you stopped for about twenty seconds, and he held up all the traffic, and he was trying to tell me about the podcast and all. <laughs> People are beeping. I was like, Nice one. You have to go. You have to go. And he just turned off. It's then. Late, late oh, I swear to God. Actually, that leads me on to the next one, right? So uh, we may as well tell everybody. Uh, me and Terence are currently training for a marathon. Yes. So we're doing a marathon in eleven weeks. With Jay Redmond, who was on the podcast a few episodes back. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure he's too happy with us. He, anytime we seem to talk to him, he's giving out to us. He lifted Sorry, me Jay. over off a gown on the boat. Didn't do <laughs> any of me runs for sure. Look, I got lifted, but he's dead, right? So uh, he has us on this training program, and I was out on the run then Sunday, which is, I was in Belfast on uh, the weekend, and I told him I'd be in Belfast, and he's like, yeah, no, but I'll just get this run done on your back. So I was bollocks. So uh, I went for a run out at... Uh, I ran, ran to something and I was running back and three yump, I ran past three yumplets now. They're about 15, 16. But uh, I didn't pay any notice to them because I was running by and I heard O'Brien. So I took my earphone out and I looked and these three yumplets are running after me. And you're like, are you Calvin O'Brien? I was like, yeah. And you're like, can we get a pitch on? I was trying to explain to them as I'm running. I was like, lads, I'm training for a marathon and I can't stop if they do this pace. <laughs> and you're like, no, but and they're recording me as they're running past. The video yeah. was deadly, yeah. So uh, they sent us the video then. Stop. So I told, I, I told them I'd give the three of them a shout out. So Ben Cal, uh, Ben Malloy and Pat O'Gallagher, shout three out to the three young The video was gosh. Or so, yeah. like, look at three young that could have been up to now go, but you're running after me for the picture. So I said I'd give them a shout yeah. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three, three, they look like three legends. good young blitz. And something that I wanted to actually touch on as well, just before when I was talking about the boat, I was the only cunt on that boat who was getting hangovers and I don't drink and I seen a Calvin story yeah. a few months ago. Uh, what was that? That was after the UFC or something and he wrote up, sober hangovers are real. So any cunt that doesn't drink out there, does anyone else wake up with a hangover? I when, woke up Sunday morning with a hangover. Bro, what? I just thought everyone was waking up, they're all fresh and I'm like, I need two Panadol now, look. Yeah. I was critical. So me and uh, me and all the boys went to Belfast on Saturday yeah. and up there it's unbelievable. Everything is open, don't yeah. need a booking, don't need a mask. I didn't know, it was like we stepped into another world. It yeah. was unbelievable, yeah. Uh, the bouncer, the one thing anyone ever mentioned about COVID was the bouncer goes, uh, I use border hoppers, you know, like that. And we're like, yeah, I'm messing. And he goes, have you got the jab? And we're like, no. He goes, well, keep it up and you'll get a jab. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but I may sound it, but sit down there. But, um, me and Ryan sat in the room together and the three boys sat in the room together and the next morning the three boys barged into our room and yeah. woke us up and I was in a chocker and they were opening the curtains and all I was like you better fucking close them curtains <laughs> like I was in the height of that I was hanging together how does it happen I don't know I, I think I it's think the lack it's of from, sleep no because I get that I, I like I genuinely think it's from the buzz like now if you're around loads of people yeah. like yeah. and you're like I, my family be like that as well and I'm mad yeah. and sometimes I think your, your body thinks that you're at the bin 
Like, well, I definitely, I definitely think that's right. Yeah, because definitely. I and then all the singing, dancing, yeah. you're that's screaming. It, that's and, it, yeah. I've often felt like, like, especially if you're at a festival or something, I'd be like, be buzzing with people. I'd be like, is this what it feels like? Like, I know now they're off the head. I'd be like, is this what it feels like to be off the head? Because I think I'm feeling that now. Yeah, you know, like yeah, that. yeah. It's like some sort of placebo or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. No, exactly. But I just, I said, someone says to me, how do you do it? I said, I'm like a Labrador. You know what I mean? If someone around me gets excited, I'll get excited. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. where are we going? Come on, we do it then. And I'm buzzing then. Yeah. Like, I around the hotel Sunday morning doing knickknacks and all you know what I mean like the age of it. it was good crack though but I think it's as well as I'm not drinking whereas they're drinking so that's keeping them going and then I'm just trying to keep up you're just you know like that yeah, functioning yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not I'm not eating I need to be eating and I'm not and then the next day you crash you get about three hours worth of sleep because they're all waking back up again yeah. and I'm bollocks then you know yeah. like that so it is a real thing it's the truest thing I've ever heard you've seen on your Instagram story, oh, you're being a joker every single time I'm out in the night out now I wake up in tatters yeah. it's obviously all the carrying and it's and not sleeping you only sleep a few hours yeah, and you're not yeah. eating you know like that like drinking drinking drugs well, is what's fueling people what did what did, did someone say to you about the uh, someone said as well one of the joke <laughs> suggestions yeah someone says uh, how do you know someone doesn't drink because they'll tell you 40 times in an hour long podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's the truest thing I've ever heard yeah, yeah. well sure look at it it's 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 well, it's 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 Alright, hang on, let me think. Or that knick-knacking. Now, it was, nothing really happened. Like, you know what I mean? We went out, we were out early, everywhere was packed, queues in. What is it like? Is there no mass anywhere? No mass anywhere. Queues. Oh, uh, no. we, we say, that's the life, oh, isn't no, it? Yeah, yeah, we I had know. to book uh, somewhere to go that night, but that's only because it was booked out, you yeah, know, like that. Yeah, so yeah. that was that. Um, there was queues into all, anywhere. Like, I was driving, so when we were driving in, all the nightclubs and pubs had queues outside, yeah. packed, everyone was buzzing. Everyone was bang on. Belfast is some spot. Everyone up there is 100%. Yeah. Then the next day, we were going for breakfast and uh, everywhere was packed again. And the only way you needed to queue was because it, they were too busy. They said, like, many you need a table for five. Uh, give us 20 minutes. We'll try and clear something up for you. You know, like that. Oh, it wasn't none of this, like, oh, you're booked in. Oh, right, you have to come back and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. None yeah. of that. And then we got filled. That was grand. Like, you know what I mean? Benedict, like, it's a blade night, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually going back up next week with me board. So, uh we're going back over the bank holiday. It's yeah. great just even seeing. I was up there a few weeks ago, and it's great even just seeing places open. Like I was only there for, I think I was there for two nights, but I was there for work, so I didn't really get to it's go out or yeah. and like. But I did go out for something to eat in the day, and even just getting to sit outside yeah. somewhere right now. Because I think since then, I think it was around the twenty fourth of May. They, that's when they opened like indoor stuff. No, that yeah. was this weekend. Oh, was it? Yeah, the weekend right. gone there right. bank holiday, yeah, so yeah. we we so you strategically planned it. You know what I mean? Dog right, way. yeah. See, when I was there, you couldn't sit in, but everywhere was kind of pedestrianised. Yeah, you could sit yeah. outside, and it was real, real different. Like, yeah, even and going into shops, great buzz. Like, they're yeah. all everyone's loving her up there. You mm. know, it's yeah. fucking mad. But it's mad, isn't it? Like that's an hour and a half away. Yeah, and where you were, how far away was kind of gone? Shannon, couple of hours. Oh, t- over two hours. To so yeah. down to in the yeah. mad. So I drove shorter distance than he did. And I had a completely different like set of I rules. It's all bleed. Oh yeah, you mean the rules? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes no sense. It's a lot of bollocks. It, no, it's mad. It's like... a weird one, but it is where it is. Right. Well, that's our weekends talked about. Straight into you, Gemma. Fill us in. So, Gemma, in the hussy. Yes. What's your name? So, Where'd you come from? My name's Gemma Dunleavy, uh from Sherry Street, Dublin. Um, I'm a musician, an artist, a singer. Songwriter, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, 
and yeah I'm making music and working mainly in that and in the last probably five six years full-time and then last year I released uh, an EP called Up the Flats uh, which was like a kind of like a love letter to me community Sheriff Street um, and yeah since then I've just been doing loads of music things well, that's one of the reasons why, why big fans of you is like yeah representing like Dublin yeah. Moon and the working class areas and stuff yeah. like that the songs have laid in quality as well do you know what I mean so that's one of the main reasons why we got you in here but uh, talk to us about life growing up down the Sheriff Street yeah, so I was born in the flats before they were knocked down. Yeah. Uh, like, huge family. So, me ma has eight siblings, me dad has eight siblings, Dave all loads of kids. We all kind of grow up now. 50 like, cousins kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Can't tell which ones is your sister or your cousin or <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know. That's what we said a couple of weeks ago. When you grow up in town, don't travel stone, you hit your cousin. Oh, yeah. Like, I was laughing at that one, actually. I remember. It's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, like, everyone, like, even... Do you know, like my my closest cousins, some of them aren't even actually my blood cousins. Yeah, they were me next me nanny's next door neighbour. That's what I do always talk, but we only had this chat the weekend because see my family that I go with every year. Yeah. Like realistically, most of them is like second cousins. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like I treat like if we're close, we're first cousins. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. a tight-knit family. Like, yeah. we're, we're all first cousins, fucking yeah. first relations. I don't give a bollocks about second cousins, third cousins. All it's just all your cousins. Your cousins, yeah, cousins yeah. are yeah. big cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I dodge you and you're like, ask me, man's cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's that's the way I'd look at it as well. But sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back to you. so yeah, gangs of us. Uh, and we, when the flats got knocked down, they built, you know, they built loads of houses around kind of the North Wall to have a place, Cherry yeah. Street area. So we moved into one of the houses. So grew up mostly with, in the it was my nanny's house with me ma and me dad was living with his ma and dad, but was kind of in and out of our house like all the time. So my uncle lived with us, cousins lived with us at certain different times, you know. And uh, so I spent all my kind of younger years down in that house. And then Technically, I didn't move there because me, if my ma heard me saying that, now she strangled me. But when I was a teenager, my home felt very much like it was in Croke Phyllis because me auntie lived up there. No, uh, and my best friend was from them flats. Yeah. Um, so I spent all my teenagers there. Uh, I was with the auntie that kind of let you away with now staying out a bit later and all that. Yeah. So I used to love it up there. Uh, and when I was a when I was real young, I used to was mad into dancing and kind of into me singing as well. But mostly, I was real disciplined with me dancing. I did that for years, uh, all through secondary school, and then went to secondary school out in Colester, and I had a real hard time out there. I just hated it. Like uh, if any of my teachers are listening, going, she had a hard time. Yeah. I hated it, <laughs> and I don't know how I lasted. I put, broke me poor ma's heart with secondary school. I hated it, and. Jordan that I was doing still doing all my dancing and whatever and after that then I went to dance college then I went to moved to Liverpool studied music over there um but overall like you know like uh, I think that's why me work is so heavily kind of uh, based around me upbringing and my community because when I moved away to Liverpool I didn't realize what age what, did you move over there I was 19 Right. Um. So I was nineteen when I moved over there, and it was the first time that I'd ever moved out home. It was the first time that I wasn't kind of around my family, or you know, uh, like 
even just changing your phone to an English number and stuff like that was the first time that I'd ever felt like I was separate from me big tribe, you know? And I think like it was really good for me, but it was also very hard to do that, you know? Why did you do it? I wanted to study music and there wasn't really anywhere here that there was no place for anyone here that wanted to study music that didn't want to do it in an elitist way. So let's say music courses in DIT, DCU, Trinity, they're all heavily theory based. I didn't want to sit down and do grade eight and, you know, do all the composition and the things. Ironically, I ended up doing that after because I just wanted to learn as much as I could. But I wanted to perform. I wanted to write. I wanted to learn how to make interesting sounds, you know, for that and my guitar and my poetry that I used to write would get me. There wasn't really a place for that here. Yeah. Uh, And I knew I'd probably have to go away to do it. Um, but I kind of didn't know, you know, like I was planning on going to dance college and everything. And I got an injury when I was 18, very bad injury. And I, we didn't really know what was going to heal. So I was going back and forth to, what's that clinic called? The Beacon, I think, one out far, like yeah. private place, just to Beacon, do yeah. everything to get this injury sorted. And when I realized it wasn't happening for me, I was like, right, I'm going to study music. Because I was already writing and doing stuff during that time. So I went over there and it was one of the best things I ever did, like, um, It was just brilliant for like what I learned alone there was, was great. Right. But it was more so the networking, the kind of, I needed that break away a bit. I think like all through my growing up, like I know you have touched on, on this in the podcast before, but like it's impossible to escape, uh, the vicious cycles and the nearly going down bad roads when you grow up in inner city areas. And I was constantly around, people who are my best friends, but also people that were getting dragged down roads that like, you know, was heartbreaking to watch. And then I was also, you know, your 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 head is split because you're you feel you carry around this guilt with you then that you're not on that road and you're looking at them on it. And it's just I found that very hard to kind of uh be okay with, you know, not be angry, yeah, no, not I be completely understand it. Like it makes sense. Yeah, and I'd be constantly frustrated and 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 angry. Like, and I kind of realized, you know, like I needed to. I had all all my life. I had I did dancing, but I didn't just do dancing a few days a week. I did it like every day of the week after school, yeah, yeah. every day, and I'd be like, you know, battling between going to ballet and going collecting for the bonfire yeah. and like you know like collecting's like, priority oh uh, yeah no and literally <laughs> like, so I'd be you know constantly and when I look back now I'd go I think maybe somewhere in me subconscious I needed to have a bit of a breakaway like some part of me was longing to break away but I kind of couldn't because I was conditioned into that and like I remember one time <laughs> my mom used to be like if you don't leave that dance, if you moan one more time about that dancing and you don't leave, I'm going to drag you over. You know, she was telling me, will you just leave? Will you just leave uh, if you don't like it? Yeah. I loved the dis- I loved dancing and I think I was addicted to the discipline of it because I knew if I didn't have that discipline, I probably would have been gone down, down another road. Yeah, yeah that's what, and I'm that's so what thankful. That's where the problem lies, I think, in the working class areas and inner city communities like that is like, there's not much for like, like there's the boxing clubs here and there and there's the football clubs here and there but a lot of lads weren't doing that shit no. we were growing up with no discipline yeah and there's nothing in the flats there's a fucking there's a playground that's burnt down burnt out cars a, as a playground like, do you know do what you know? I mean there's, you're yeah. jumping on burnt out cars and then there's a football pitch with fucking holes all yeah. over it and this thing so there wasn't much to do the anchor up the bleeding 
allowed to show you, you know what I yeah. mean? Like what kids grow up there. And, and that's, that's it because you've nothing to stimulate yourself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. if you've if you've nothing to stimulate your brain or any kind of interests that you have, you're gonna respond to the things that are around you. Do you know what I mean? And then if you're on top of that, going through pain for what you see our loved ones going through, you're then extra kind of sensitive to to how you respond to things, you know? Yeah. So like uh, I remember I have a distinct memory of going, I was out with my friends in Baddy Rock and I must have been probably 14, I'd say we were going collecting. I was put, pushing a big uh, Sheila down the road, <laughs> right? And my phone's ringing in my pocket. And I was that saying to me, man, I'm not going to ballet today. Will you just uh, tell, tell the teacher at me, man? like, I'm not ringing her. She needs to head off me. If you're not going, you're yeah, ringing. Right. Right. Yeah. So my phone starts ringing, right? And I'm in the middle of pushing the Sheila. Take out my phone. I'm like, hello, <laughs> the teacher. <laughs> She answered me. Now, I, I can't even take off her accent. She was almost like, like West Briss sounding, you know. And she's uh, on the phone asking me where I am. And I'm panicking, full of oil, looking down at myself in a track suit, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like thinking you. like, oh my God, I'm going to get battered. She's going to kill me because she will be the type that your next day I go there, hell. I was the one that was getting picked on all day, you know. Uh, and that was the constant kind of battle with me. I was constantly kind of wanted to be in that world where where it was so like where I was learning these new things and having these new experiences but I missed me comfort and I missed me community and I was constantly kind of like an outsider in those worlds and constantly trying to like fight for me place there no like even when I didn't realize I was fighting for me place there when I look back now I go like you know you are fighting for your place there like you are the odd one out there you are the one that had to work that a little bit harder or had to prove yourself more do you know um and yeah I think like now I look back and I go that's like the best thing that I ever had was me kind of like hunger for that discipline like and I think I genuinely think like because I was born a girl my my environment was slightly more different to if I was born a boy loads of the you know young fellas I grew up around young fellas in my family they might have even had the same opportunities to me, but it wasn't their environment. Let's say when I was hanging around with my friends, we had dancing as an option. We had, you know, uh, like different role models on the telly that were options. The boys in our area didn't. There was no role models in our area really for the young boys growing up. They had, yeah, they had football and they had boxing, but like you say, if you're not interested in that, not everybody is. That's no. the thing, and that's what was nearly based around years ago. You either play football or you fight, and if you yeah. don't do either of them, well, then God knows where you're going. And yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah. It was heavily based around that, and that's where I feel like a lot of the problems went. And like you were saying, look, there wasn't like a lot of people to look up to from the inner city that wasn't a boxer or a fighter. No. Or a boxer or a footballer, I mean, like, like who, who else did the lads look up to years ago? Mm. So if there's no one to look up to and no one to say, right, well... Look what he's at the doing show. He's fucking doing a podcast, let's say. Let's look at him and let's go to the fucking youth club and we'll mm. learn them how to do a podcast and someone will be interested in that. There wasn't that. It was either you fight or you play football and if not, you go out and rob cars, sell yeah. drugs, take drugs, whatever yeah. and whatever. That's why I, I always say to Calvin, it's like, it's like if, you, if you have no one to look to, towards something, I'd say, well, look, he fucking did that, so I'm going to try and do that. It's like, it, it won't register in your brain. So... It's like I say to Calvin all the time, like, about in this situation, it's like, there's like running records, like people, there was like world records for running and stuff like that, that were held for like 100 years, or 150 mm. years, and nobody could break it because there's nobody to look at say, oh, you can't break that, like yeah. that's the world record and that's that, and then someone breaks that world record and it gets broke three times again that year, yeah. 
it's yeah. like it's a complete mental barrier like. yeah so it's like it's held for a hundred years someone breaks it and then three other people break it in the space of 12 months are like what the fuck yeah that just shows like what your mind can do for you you know what i mean like yeah. if you see somebody doing something and somebody going down a path or somebody doing something in a positive way you can also do it you know what i mean yeah but there wasn't much of that for any young kid like if you didn't like boxing and you didn't like football that was it you know what i mean you were sort of snooker yeah and that sort of sense and that's that's a problem i felt and just not uh, like also aside from that is like that feeling like you have to have something that you're into and yeah. if you're not like there wasn't the option really to do nothing like there wasn't the privilege to do nothing or to take your time to figure out what you wanted to do you had to be out earning or you had to be supporting people around you do you know that way so yeah. i think like you know like i this is something that i think about an awful lot but let's say like like if you're starving right there's only so long you're gonna go before you eat what's in front of you right and if there's a tree in one in front of you or there's a healthy salad in front of you, you know, you're going to eat it, right? Some people grow up with the tree in one in front of them and some people grow up with the salad in front of them. Who's going to be better off health-wise after eating a mm-hmm. whole load of tree in one that salads? Some people have the tree in one in front of them. They go to take the initiative and go, do you know what? I'll actually go out and get my own ingredients and make something because I'm not really in the mood of that. And some people go, do you know what? I've had a rough day. My home life is fucked up. I've had a terrible upbringing. Give me that. I can't be arsed to do anything else. And it's just one of those, just based on where you come from, what family you happen to be born into. Some people are just the underdog. And it's like you're nearly expected to dig yourself out of holes so deep that people can't even see down into them. Do you know? And it's like you're, you're reprimanded if you don't dig yourself out of instead of going, hang on a minute, like... You know, I've only been thinking about this in the last few years, but like sitting down a few weeks ago and I was thinking by the time I was 19, I had 14 significant deaths in my life, right? That had impacted my life in a, in a, that, that's not like, you know, me, ma's cousin or me great auntie. These are like close, close things that oh, at the time other people was going through as well. So you don't see, oh, I'm going through this. But when I look back at it, I go, that if that didn't happen my life would be kind of different yeah. and you normalize it you completely normalize it because you go like and it's it's you just kind of have that stiff up our lip i think as well especially women from the inner city as well they have this thing of holding the four together yeah like, time. when i look back at me nanny me granddad was out on the ships eight months of the year she was baby making machine like now she <laughs> he got her pregnant off to the ship and that was the norm for them yeah. she held the house together he sent back money you know like that was and it but wasn't just him it was, it was yeah it was, uh, that that's exactly how it was and if you looked at all of our mass from the inner city and all of our nannies yeah. and all that they they held the fort yeah. for the entire families like like my nanny Betty, but she's not actually my nanny. My nanny died before I was born, but she's my great auntie. She's my nanny sister, but yeah. she fucking read every one of yeah. us. Like there's a hundred of us, and she read all of us. Mm. Like there's a point in time when we all say, "I oh, remember we lived with Betty." Remember yeah, we, remember that's she- touching on what you said there about your nanny. I have like my nanny. People are actually slagging me for calling on me nanny, but the reason why I call on me nanny is we all call on nanny. So mm. this is me dad's yeah, man. Just yeah. different households. She's me nana, but me ma's man is me nanny. Yeah. 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 And if I was talking about your nanny, I'd say your nanny. I wouldn't say yeah, your nana. Yeah. But I have people who are not 
even like whole grandchildren that call her nana. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that she, but she's contributed that, like, to ra- raising them at some stage of their life. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And that's something that wasn't until I moved away that I realised that that wasn't the norm. Do you know? Mm, yeah. Like it was real, like it, ju- it was just mad to me that people weren't, you know, as close as like I was with my family. And like that, I think like we were, were privileged and sometimes a bit hindered to be in a bubble in the inner city where it's only when you step out of that bubble that it starts to become a problem. Like, for example, my dad's a truck driver. I've been a truck driver since he's 17, right? He's in his 50s now. You know, hangs around with his family, hangs around with his friends, doesn't really have to be in situations where there's not many people who have had a different upbringing to him. So he's not really aware of the prejudice as much as, say, I would be. I'm in realms all the time where I feel like I have to bite my tongue or else I have to filter my feelings to be able to articulate myself in a good enough way to ask someone not to use the word junkie in front of me because... It has a deeper meaning than it does for someone who throws it away. And I don't like hearing it used in that manner when, especially from someone who probably hasn't experienced someone We're literally so disintegrate in front of them through, the a family, drug, through yeah. drugs. Yeah. And so, and that's just, you know, one small part of, of it. And like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I have a great life and I, I, I live very happily. And I, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, in very many ways and especially you know down to me community like you know and um, does the one the lines in one of my songs came straight from me nanny we had nothing but we had it all she used to say you know we knew it was better when we were in the flats because we had nothing but we we didn't know that you know we were we were better off for having nothing we yeah. didn't know what we were missing yeah, you know yeah. you know that way um but i do feel that it's something that i feel like I have to raise or I have to talk about or I have to, you know, bring that up because if I don't, the person behind me is going to experience the same thing. And if I don't, you know, try to change that or, you know, like break the stigma, like what can I say for myself as a as a working class person who did struggle to get into yeah. those areas? And it's not even that, that you're stopping the next person getting an airful of it. It's the person whose mouth it's came from. You're changing their perception of everyone. Yeah. Like, oh wait, exactly. this is an intellectual mm. in so front now of me. That's, now she's going to be that person, like we're saying, that breaks that barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So she, when she breaks this barrier, so she, she, you have a platform and you're going out there and you're talking about the working class area and the stigmas and all this carry on. Like, although, if you, it doesn't matter if you don't make a fucking worldwide and you're not this superstar mm. and whatever, whatever, but the next working class kid behind you might go, well, Gemma Dunleavy was out here trying to bleed and yeah. fix this and talk about this, so now I'm going to do that and yeah. I'm going to break into this world. And it, it only takes to see one person doing something to sort of go, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even at that as well, and it highlights two other people, to that person that's the next in line behind you, that an issue that you see as an issue that they probably would just be normalised to. Mm. So yeah. it was like the way we were talking about politics last week, Terence, and you were like, I didn't know anything about politics, and that's just how it was growing up. Yeah. Like, that's not right. That is not right. And how was, like how we're told growing up, like, you don't know anything about politics, keep it that way, you move on with your life. That's not right. No. And it, it's what you're saying as well, Gemma, you know, there's issues out there, like people saying the word junkie, and you just think, all right, they call that person a junkie, mm. I'll move on. But you're saying, no, you shouldn't call that person yeah. a junkie. So I'd be like... Do you know what? I hear people saying that every day. Yeah. Maybe that isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it sets a new trend in. Yeah. It highlights yeah. issues to people. So you're doing a lot of things there by just 
calling someone out and saying, yeah. I'd appreciate it if you did. And, and exactly, that's what it's about. No, exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about, it's not about, here are you. you, you know, you're wrong, this is right. It's not because, do you know what? I think every day there's something to learn and there's something to learn from everyone. That's me. Cousin Stephen always says that to me. There's something to learn from everyone. And he's dead right because even the people that you think you've, like, you know, I've learned more from the people who I have felt you know, have been judgmental to like the people around me than I knew at the time. Do you know what I mean? Even like with the whole, say, politics thing, the reason why inner city people didn't know much about politics because, and still to this day, we've real problems in our sitting rooms, real urgent problems. We've someone who needs a house. We've someone who needs a drug program. We've someone who needs a solicitor for a crime that they're getting caught up to just based on their geographical location and where they were raised. So we don't have the privilege to sit back and go, oh, I choose left or I choose right or what is left and what is right. We have to go, here, who got... Who got me sister a house when she was on her back and was needed to like, you know, was nearly yeah. was nearly going into hospital with the kids? Who got her a house? Who did this, you know? That's like that's kind of what where air politics lie. Yeah. And I've always yeah. known that. Like my nanny used to uh, she used to call Joe Costello, uh, leave her with me for years. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because every time she'd ask him something, he'd say, yeah. I'll leave her with me. And she'd go, Here, yeah, where's leave it? You know, and Around like around our area, that's kind of how politics was running. Yeah, it it's, definitely is. Yeah. Like, there's a it's just like, oh, he got my auntie a flat. I'm gonna vote for him. Yeah, and but the ruin his party's ruining the real, country. Yeah, yeah but it, it, again, it's one of them things where we sort of rest on if somebody helps you, you loyalty. It's it loyalty. Who you are, what color skin you have, what way you thought, none of that carry on. If somebody helps you out, you help them yeah. out. And that's just the way we were raised, you know yeah. what I mean? But in the long term, they're probably screwing you over. But we don't know this. They show you a bow now, but... And yeah. that's where you have to... That's where, like, I'm so, like, guarded with kind of, like... For, for me, right, I'm a bit of a comedian. I've spent... I'm, I'm from the flats, right? I grew up in, in the most kind of working class environment you can get. Um, I'm multifaceted, right? I can sit and talk about politics I can sit and talk about the injustices in the world right but most of the time I'm sitting at home with my ma doing telly bingo or buzzing off my family's slag nature because that's me comfort zone and that's yeah. and it's only true having to like having to like learn enough about your background and where you're from and what goes on because you need to stand your ground because yeah. you need to stand up that you 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 kind of become aware of these things but the thing for me is right you know, you no one. I don't really feel that much judgment on me, right? So, like, but because I'm, I'm a bit of a chameleon. I'll say just because I've won for a home in Sharon and I've won for in the arts world. That's why I say I'm a chameleon, not because I morph or try to fit in other places. It's more so just because I fit in in these other worlds. But like, I sit and think, would you give my dad the same? treatment that you give me would you give my auntie the same treatment if she's behind you in the shop you know because I remember being at a party uh, years ago and a fella that I knew who was at the party who was kind of you know distant friend like uh, goes to shop to to um get a chipper and someone came in on drugs into the chipper selling smokes you know and he comes back around and has this gas story about the the person um 
selling the smokes, but the way he's going on about it and the word he's using to describe this drug addict and stuff, I'm sitting there going, hang on a minute, like, you're, you could be talking about any member of my community or my family, you think I'm different because I'm sitting here and I'm able yeah. to join in on your conversation. All while you're slagging that person, calling them a junkie for having a drug addiction based on that environment, and you're coming here with all your class A drugs, you know, yeah. doing the them like there's no tomorrow, yeah, you know? No like, whatsoever. and does does an artist called For Those I Love, he made a, an amazing album, um, like, oh, it came out, I think th- this year, I'm all mixed up with the years and the months these days. <laughs> But he's a lion in his in his uh one of his songs and he says uh your what is it your your drugs aren't class they're upper middle class and like something never hit home for me so much because I'm like you know I I came up in the music kind of scene doing dance stuff so I spent a lot of time in like clubs and and touring with a fella you speak have like a duo thing with um and we did we mostly played in clubs it was all dance music. And you're in that environment a lot. And it just mm. tends to be kind of, you know, people that wouldn't be from my background. And you see that a lot of the time. And that is a bit like, you know, that that's kind of, that's hard to swallow without saying that, you know. Uh, but like, that's why I think it's so important to, for me anyway, to, to speak up. Because I'm like, I don't care what you think of me. I wouldn't be having you looking down your nose on any of my family you know like you, you might have edu- you can have whatever education you want but education or money can't buy a cop on like no, you know exactly like you, you'll, ne- you know, you'll never get thousands you'll never get flies on a townie do you know yeah, what i mean like it's, it's so true uh, and that's something that we say all the time as well like these cunts like they have an education and they have this middle upper class blade and way they go on like but you can't no be, common you, sense you can't, yeah. there's no you're common sense to these people mm. like you literally like you have this fucking business degree you have all this carry on behind you and it's still buying and tell you in a heartbeat yeah. you know what i mean yeah and this this is talk like when i'm talking about that i'm talking about like say snobby upper class people or judgmental people like not just my, all of them no yeah. my my like I owe a lot of my career to people that aren't from the same background yeah. as me and yeah. like and the, these you know I I feel like I feel like when I'm talking about this stuff I do have to kind of point that out because like like I say I I I I've I teach I teach people teach music like and I teach uh people that are from completely different backgrounds the nicest people you could ever get I grew up thinking that everyone with a posh accent was a snob. Gemma, yeah. I have that same feeling. Yeah. Now, I, listen, it's grown over me over the years, but I still have that chip mm. in my shoulder mm. with these snobby cunts. And that's something I don't put across enough, is that, look, I, I constantly say, look, posh people, posh people, but I'm not... Like there's obviously there's some nice posh people. It's like people saying fucking... From town, it's like pe- everyone exactly. got people, people from town yeah. going back. I mean, like. what, that's it. That's the right thing to you. It's them snobs. You know yeah, I mean? the yeah. It ones. is definitely, I think it's subliminally bred into us. Because like, I, I said the same to you, Terrence. Like, yeah. I, I still, like, I don't think the same. I had the same opinion growing up. And it's only in the last few years, I've, I don't know, it was me being the bigger man or whatever from work. Because I've had, I've had encounters before. i never forget. Uh, we were, it was a tourist evening. We were going for after work drinks in the town. And we got a taxi. And it was myself, my manager, and someone else who was high up in the company. And we drove down Gardner Street. And they were like, yeah, this, this is a rough spot, isn't it? Didn't someone only get a shot here the other day? <laughs> and my manager knew. And then we was a foreign, my manager was foreign, but he knew where he was from there. And he's like, 
Yeah, Calvin's from here, but he knew straight away by my reaction mm. that I didn't sit right with me what he said. And he he was like being the bigger person, setting me up to jump in and defend the hair. Yeah. Rather than him jump on the boat or not say anything and make it awkward, he was like, Calvin's from here, putting pressure on your man then. Yeah. And your man was like, oh no, but I'm sure it's grand. Like I'm sure it was just blown out. Posh, see, that's that, the that. thing. So it's... this is what I've developed now over yeah. the last few years. I'd be like, right, I hear someone who's posh. Let's hear a bit more of that posh accent. Let's see how they a prick. Yeah. Because not all posh people are bad people. Not all common people are scumbags. No. Yeah. So and like that's what we need is are. the understanding. Like that's all we need is a bit of understanding. Like I, my two best friends, right, Emma McGill from Croke Phillips Flats, and you're our best friend, Jessica Moles from Gardner Street Flats, right, we all went to the same primary school and the same secondary school together. Emma was very well behaved in secondary school. Me and Jessica, torments. They used to <laughs> me. The, we always say this. Jessica's like doing great now. Like has her own business and amazing makeup artist and kind of like she does like aesthetics and stuff now. And Emma works high up in the, in um uh, in marketing. Like me and Jessica always say like when we were in school, the teachers used to say to us, "See you, you used to never amount to anything." And we'd be like, "Yeah, look at us now." Like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and. I think like when you're kind of when you're none of us work in circles that are that are kind of like more so no no none of us and that's why I feel I feel a real sense because my because my work is music so I like I have to be honest I can't be writing songs about stuff that I don't really think or feel or believe in I have to marry those worlds because I need to know that when I'm in the studio working with someone or when I'm doing interviews with someone or like whatever I need to know that they understand my background and if they don't during the time we're working together I have to give them an understanding and I need to know that if they if they would be the type to look down on my ma or dad because of the way they talk or because of their education or, or lack of or whatever like I need to know that I've changed their perception or if they haven't I can't work with people like that it's like because my work is more is like conversational it's not like I'm sitting down ticking forms or doing you know like doing like mm. paperwork it's like I have to pour myself into it and I can't pour myself into something with someone who who I feel like would be judging the people that I probably wouldn't be here without the people who have been through the the war stuff that you know you can you can that that you you know of you know what mm. I mean and yeah. I'm still here today despite it and still don't judge the other classes despite it do you know so just i i i feel more protective kind of over like me community and me family (laughs) but it's like what calvin was saying there about when he was in the taxi with his manager and the other fella it's like it's always for an outsider of the working class areas the first thought when they're in a working class area is to go oh someone got shot down here or it's always something negative Yeah. yeah it's not Oh, that fella down there, he's going to be a deadly boxer. Yeah. It's yeah. never that. Like, there's so many talented people from down Cherry Street and the inner city in general. And like you say, you hear about name everyone the bad story. Yeah. So you have like, you know, like, I'm going to miss out on loads now, but you know, Lou Kelly, Jim Sheridan, Stephen Gately, uh, Pierce O'Leary, yeah. who's smashing it now with the boxing. Smashing you it. Know? He's a and like, guest as well. there's nothing more than like, see the pride in their area. Like, you should have seen like the, the night that he was having the fight. Like, my poor dog was sitting in the back hall rattling because me and my mom were screaming at the telly. Yeah. Like, he lives on the same, well, his nanny's on the same road as us, you know? Um, so, it's just like, uh, just such a sense of pride. Kellyanne Harrington, the boxer up the, up the road. road. Yeah. I went to school with Kellyanne, like, and. Cross you know, the road more than as well as Hulan. 
Yeah, exactly. Is he? Yeah, is he? Do you know? And then you have like uh, Thomas Kane Bourne as well. Do you mm. know? And um, doing amazing stuff for theatre and and uh, drama. Do you know? So like growing up, we had all that. Like I, my uncle lived with us, who is the chairperson, the sheriff. So I grew yeah. up in Gulfton, that kind of... Brian, yeah, do you know Brian? Yeah, yeah. Brian. yeah so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Brian is like, you know, like, he he lived with us for years and, like, still to this day, like, you know, one of my biggest kind of inspirations, looking at him, like, you know, the, the stuff that he did and the achievements that he kind of had and that he smashed, you know, that way. Um, like, we have so much to look up to. That's why the people in our area don't really feel hard done by where you know until it comes to the outside things yeah. like the stuff that we feel like hang on should be easy for us to to do stuff like well i know saying getting a house in 2021 is probably you know better <laughs> chance we'll of winning the lot though the end, but, um, that's another kettle of fish but yeah so many talented people from <laughs> from down our area and so many you know as well as as well as people with talent people with the biggest, and I know you will agree to this, like the biggest heart and yeah. souls, like, like With my, everything. this is a mad story. My great nanny, right, uh, was made an honorary midwife in the Rotunda, right, for the work that she did in the flats years ago, or the, wonder was it, the tenements or the buildings now, I'm going to get her mixed up, but she basically, right, used to just go around delivering all the babies in the flats and no, like wherever time it was, like they'd knock at our house, the granny don't leave you as her name, and she'd whip the sheets out of scullery and run down and deliver the babies. And people then became kind of like, no, back then so many babies are dying, wherever people were nearly like they were afraid to go to the hospital because no, like one one horror story of a, yeah. of a whatever. Whereas you know, you're like getting more hope. Yeah. yeah, so they'd run to her and she delivered hundreds of babies in the flats. Now, this was around the time of the Monto, right? Yeah. So she then started looking after the sex workers in the yeah. Monto. So, Terrence, you don't know what the Monto wow, is. Wow, fill me in. So, it's actually where I live. Right, right. The ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the Monto was the biggest red light district in Europe at one stage. Yeah. Yeah. It was down there? Yeah. It's at the, oh, at the top oh. of the diamond. At yeah. the diamond. Where do I live there? Yeah, yeah. just that's, up there? That's right there. Right, where you come out where the school is there. And when was that? When was that in the fifties? Uh, no, it would have been the nineteen twenties. Earlier than yeah, that. So the yeah. the double. Oh no! Wait, results. wait. The the Monto. I know. I'm thinking of the year. My nanny, uh, my great nanny. I'm not too sure exactly of the yeah, year. But yeah, the Dubliners yeah. have the song "Take Me Up the Monto." Take ah, me up the Monto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yeah. So that's so, what she's saying, the sex yeah, workers, baby. Yeah, 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 and there was loads of, you know, loads of uh, sex workers in the Monto at the time. And so uh, me great nanny used to take them and, and deliver the babies and help find, find homes for the babies and stuff. Um, and there's stories of her, uh, you know, like going up to pimps and, and putting her up to them and, and you know, going going for them, giving them backhanders and stuff when most men at the time were afraid to go yeah. near them. And she became this kind of like pillar back in the day of someone that you would go to to mm. help. She was this tiny, tiny woman, like, no, like, like I'm small, she's smaller than me. Um, so just even knowing that that's in your... That, and that's not that's not rare for people. There's loads of different. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure loads of other humans and young have stories of people in their, especially women in their family that did stuff so, like that. Yeah, you know, and um, that's the thing as well. What people seem to forget, like Luke Kelly is from Cherry Street. Yeah, he's from the flats in Cherry Street, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and like that's it's mad. Like one of the like well, he would be a, he is a legend. Is legend from coming from Ireland, yeah. born and raised in Cherry Street. Like, yeah, you know that's what I mean. Mad. And that's why that statue's there now. Or is a poxy statue, but. I know, look, Gemma is shaking her head. 
So that was the thing. Yeah. When that statue got put in down, it was getting vandalised. Everyone was like, ah, oh, you can't have that down there. It wasn't from someone from Sharabah who it was vandalising it, you know what I mean? Yeah, man was actually done for it. Was, Do you know yeah. what? I caught him one day, right? It was only when COVID was only at the coming out, so no one knew where it was, right? So I'm... I'm I walk with my dog and I see this fella, right, with the bike, and I bomb it up to him, right, and I'm like, come here, you, and then I get, I, I felt so stupid because I got like, you know, within an arm's reach of him, and I was like, I'm not touching him, he's probably riddled, like, you know, because we didn't know what COVID was, down here, I see you, and I'm just there shouting a load of stuff, so take my phone out and I video him, right, and here I am now, I'm going to find out who you are, whatever, I swear to God, I put it, I put it online going, does anyone know him, like, and on me Facebook, I wouldn't. I have just everyone from me area, yeah. my family, or yeah. whatever. The thing ends up getting rallied on the internet, like within <laughs> within like an hour. My mom was like, "Gemma, everyone shared in that picture. Did you see? It? <laughs> Did someone gets on to me saying that my phone was ringing? Someone from Star Street ringing me to come and give a statement. I'm like, ah, here. Ah, but they got your man in the end. Him, yeah, he got caught. Where from I'm nearly sure it was Talley. I don't he know, was, he was a wow. fully grown man though. He yeah, was an elf. No, he was, he, he was, he was on, he was actually, the, he was, uh, had a drug addiction and I think it looked like he was probably doing it for, you know, doing it for, being put up to doing it for, you know, something in return basically. But the thing about it is, the reason why I brought it up is how outraged everyone from Sharava was that was getting done. You know what I mean? Uh, like, what the fuck is they own like vandalizing that? Like they were you know so the, proud of it. Like you the know what funniest I mean? thing was right. Even the even the women that weren't that into the statue, right? That were giving out about that it was you know that the the south side got the nicer one and all that, yeah. right? <laughs> were out with their flash and all, right? Scrubbing the statue the next morning, and whoever like was in charge of the statue came down and was like, "No, you can't! Like that's going to wreck the thing." All out with their flash and the clothes because. We people don't like they don't we, know any we're that, proud yeah, of yeah. our area. Like we don't yeah. want we don't want a bad name yeah. in our area. We don't want like, you know, these things like it's mm. like um when I said I was walking in Belfast a few weeks ago and like hasn't been anything going on in our road the last while, lovely and quiet and whatever. And what happens the night before they they send a driver down from Belfast to pick me up, right? Uh, someone decides to go out on the road and spray paint IRA everywhere and this lad from Belfast is Drugs coming down, down oh, yeah. from Sandy Road comes to that's where I was getting dropped off to do the for the job I was doing I was like I looked out my window I was like oh my god my mom was like are you joking me of all, <laughs> like, the, days, yeah. of all the days like <laughs> uh, and there's another one I want to touch on Terence went to total there surprise surprise and it's haunting the gym so uh, James Sheridan is from Sheridan Street right he's a director yeah so we directed uh my left foot in the name of the fire and get rich at die trying. Yeah, the name, I didn't way, know that. Right? Yeah. In the name of the fire. So this this is why I'm telling the story because it's so funny. But yeah. when that came out, Fifty Cent was down in Cherry Street with his crew. Wow. And Gemma, see, you can't I didn't know. See, I bet I was probably too busy up me Eagle and Valley Buck. Yeah. Missed hey, out. I was Fifty sitting, Cent was down there. Yeah. Probably listening to. Yeah. No, I swear <laughs> to you, good God, if this was a wind up and someone told me this, because I would have been about blading 10 or something at the time. Yeah, if anyone knows it's this a wind up. No, <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah, but there was gangs of them now. All his whole crew from New York was there. And it was to do with the, either, was he playing? I don't think he was playing. I think it's because he, James Sheridan, told him to go down there. It was something to do with the film. Like, Mad, go down there. It? That's where he's from. Now, so That's there's another imagine, famous yeah. person, yeah. That is your man. How does your man Jim Sheridan go from in the name of the father at the 50 cent? Like? Yeah, I know. How, Crazy, like, but, but how do really how does that happen? Like, that but is like, nuts. That's another thing, then. Like, that get rich at the is a great film, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people in the name of the father it. is better, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. But I mean, like, you know, like gangster rap, rap music, selling yeah. drugs, crime. 
people like that watching that. That's a deadly film. Bet you'd know the, sh- the director of that was from Sharava. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah. That, that's exactly. so true. Yeah, yeah. And and that's something that you wouldn't hear. So no. again, like if someone's gone past Shadow Street, they talk about the vandalism on the statue or the fucking stabbing or the shooting that happened, mm-hmm. and not the James Sheridan fella who was bleeding, directing Fifty Cent movies and then Name of the Father and stuff like yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's fucking mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's it. Like, and you know, it's like I think kind of. Uh, like heightening the voices of the of the people who are doing good things for the area is kind of more so what we should be doing. I wonder if that had been spoken about ten years ago and was more normalised than talking about the crime. Would people be so quick to kind of bulldoze through our area? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'd feel like there's something there worth preserving. I don't know. Um, you know, you would hope that, but I don't think so because yeah. you know, greedy bastards are in yeah. charge and not mm. people who care about community. But like, yeah, that is mad because I think as well. Like, you know, I know you've talked about this before as well on the podcast, but like, uh, especially uh, like police uh, and and you know, like discrimination towards people from. In our city areas, how you dress, how you look, what your second name is, your uh, yeah. Your, your, yeah, all these things, you know, and and having to pour up with that as well is yeah. a whole other kettle of fish. That, that is, what your second name is, that just reminds me. I remember like when you get pulled, like some of my mates would change, use that my second name when they had it pulled them. Yeah, a lot of the boys as well use that middle name. You can use your middle name, so like if you can use your middle name as your first name or your second name. Mm. So if you get pulled in, what do you want to tell us your middle name? No. Aiden. Aiden. Yes, so if you get put then. in and they ask you what your name is, you can say Aiden O'Brien. Yeah. And then you get put by another cop at the like down the road, you can say Calvin O'Brien, they can't yeah. tell you it's not that your fucking name. Yeah, you know but what I mean, mm-hmm. like they use like, so my yeah, name's Calvin O'Brien. Yeah, like your yeah. man's second name because they're all around my being in trouble and you'd be like, oh, you're related. You're related to Gavin so Power. And the, yeah, and you know it, would I mean? be, it would and be And then straight attention. away you'd be like, yeah. boom, well, if the apple doesn't fall far up the tree kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, the, the funny thing is, like, I was only having this conversation recently, like, you know, like, I know of people in the police force, right? So, say, friends of friends, I don't know the people. Directly. Uh, no, directly, no. But stories from my friends of their friends gloating about taking hash, drugs, drink off youngflas and bringing them back to parties where their mates are at. Mm. Now, that boils my blood there is no no way like ah uh, don't ah uh, like if you you know like you've no problem with like your mates you know uh like when when they do out like that no but it's different when you're in power when you when you actually have the power in your hands to put someone down going going as far as murdering someone just because you think they won't have a voice because of where they're from you don't get to do that you don't there's no excuse for it and when i say going that far like do, you know constantly on my head is um, Terence Wheelock yeah. the, you know yeah. The story. Hill, yeah. Yeah. yeah that story is like had he been from anywhere else had his family been top solicitors would that would they still be fighting for justice today exactly and no I got they into would some, not uh, people think that we just have a we're just prejudice towards police like I know like he's the prime example I use exactly. all the time that's a young fella who was took into a police station for the wrong reason it wasn't yeah. him and never come back out. Scary, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And like, you tell me that we're just out here, we've a chip on inch all about the police. No. It, it, we're not just making this up. Again, like that's that's just a, a much higher scale of what we're talking about, but it doesn't matter. It still whether happens. you're still getting stopped and getting a slap or a smack of a spring bat or you're fucking 
down to the lowest part where they're just pulling you to pull you and put you down like yeah. it doesn't matter what scale it's on it's happening every single when day when you're like. straight away just treated differently because yeah. of that it's like and especially because of someone in 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 uh, power you know and, and also like if you're going through if you're a teenager and you're looking at you know, friends that you've lost, family that you've lost, due, due to the cycle of, say, inner city working class patterns of life, you're going to ha- carry around a little bit of anger with you, you know? Definitely. A- at least a little bit of anger, you know? Then on top of that, when someone is treating you different because of that, even though you're fight- doing everything, fighting tooth and nail against the grain to break the cycle and not be like that. Because I guarantee you, when I was 15, I wanted to go out and just, you know, batter the first police I saw, batter yeah. the first person I saw who treated me differently again. Because you you, you, you carry around the, you carry around the, the, the guilt that someone else fell the victim of and not you just because of pure chance. Survivor's and, guilt. Yeah. Called, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's kind of like, you know, that sense of injustice again. Like I think as well, like when you grow up in any inner city area, you have that thing against like no, you you can't let anyone away with anything. You know, like like say, <laughs> or, like the no, rush. like being yeah. in the. I think you was you were talking about this before, uh, Terence, and you were saying when you were growing up. But like I I've a memory of me niece so me we were up in um, Poplar Row flat in Ballybock, and my niece was only about three or four, right? And we we were living on the top balcony, and. Uh, we, she got sent down to play, right? And she comes up, she's gorgeous going out to play, two lovely pigtails. She comes up one pigtail down around her shoulder. She's like, Ma, such a body's at the bathroom. Well, our man walks down. If you don't get back down and slap her, <laughs> yeah. I'm going, that other pigtail's going to be down around your ankle. The little one just turns around, down the step, walks over, boom. Two, yeah. of the, two of them best friends never had a problem again in their life. And there's that, exactly. just that sense of like, you're not getting away with that. So I do feel, especially when it's someone... I think that's why I struggled in school as well. No, sitting, you're sitting in a class learning somewhere where you don't want to be, you know, because you might have other interests. Like in my case, I love dancing. Tim, school just hindered me with me dancing. No, I was always tired because of school. I had homework, all this. And then you go into a class in a prefab freezing and some tick is standing there going, jacket off. Yeah. And I'd be like, I, but I, I'd be like, you take your polo neck off. Like I was, <laughs> no, I'd be like riling them yeah, up and then I yeah. just get kind of, no, like, suspended or whatever yeah uh, but, yeah. but like you're saying there about the way like what brought up in the flats like what you were saying there about getting sent back down like that's like when I say I, like, I obviously moved out of the flats and I moved up with me man up to Cablet but it's up at Black Horse Avenue and like it was a bit of a well it was a very quiet area compared to the flats but like it wasn't that quiet like mm. and like I made some friends up there and I'd be talking to them about that way of being brought up in the flats and they'd be like well that's wrong like I'm like yeah. don't tell me that's wrong yeah. and then, then the ego kicks in again it's like oh, you can't tell me that my way if I look I am so grateful for the way I was brought up by my ma even though my ma wasn't in a good flame of mind on mm. my life like from when I was a kid like she reared me the best way ever and I'd rear my kids that way but would you would, that's what I wanted to ask is would you see that with your kids I know you have you know, yeah, but like I if would. they came would if you be like get you, out and hit them back hit yeah them back. 100% well, that's, that's how we are raised is that? and it, I think it, that instills in you all through life you never let someone walk all over you yeah but it's the same no matter when what. I got into a fight in school like I didn't start every fight in school don't get me wrong I was a, a little bastard like, but, and there was fights and stuff like that but like it was always instilled in me like like, if someone hits you, you hit them back. And then, like, you get brought into the office and they're trying to chastise you, like, well, you go to the teacher. I'm like, I'm not fucking going to you. 
he had the blade and hit me. And what do you want me to do? Run yeah. after the teacher. Exactly, yeah. That's not going to solve it. Like, that doesn't help, man. And then Ward goes around that, oh, he gave him a box and he legged her out to the teacher. Yeah, watch me, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And that's again ego again. It's like, yeah. I'd rather take a hiding here now by throwing a few hooks back if the cunt is big than go off and tell someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but do you remember like, a few weeks ago, McGregor did it? Where he's young playing and he got a lot of stick over it. There was an you know, and I wanted to touch on that. Did we touch on that? Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, but we, I remember touching on it online about it. What now did I think do? the video part the, is the, a bit much. He he could have done it a bit better. I know what he was trying it and still. Yeah, me too. So uh, he's in the boy and he's sitting down on the sundowns and his jumper comes over to him and he records it and he says, "What did he do?" And he's like, "Oh, he hit me." And he's like, "Yeah." And what are you gonna do? And he goes, and he jumpers looking at him. He goes, "You go on when you hear him back." But then he goes on, he drags it out a bit more. Now, like, if you had to just cut it down and said, you go yeah. and hurt him back, grand. And again, he dragged it out a bit. It didn't have to happen, but like, I fully understood where What are you saying? He's from, like, look at the umpire come over, but crying about it. Like, I'm not getting hit by another umpire. He's like, right, well, you go over and hurt him back then. Don't mm. come crying to me. I can't do anything. You hurt him back. Yeah. And like, a lot of people were sharing it. Like, people who wouldn't have probably come up in that kind of environment. It's a different like, environment. That's yeah. what annoyed if, me about if I was If I was in Dubai in a fancy resort or whatever with me, with me, say, like, me niece and nephews and one of them come over crying saying they hit me, I probably wouldn't say, go over and hit them back. I'd suss it out first. You mm. know what I mean? I you definitely suss it out first. And I, I reckon you probably did before. Yeah, but it was video. people who but were sharing it being like, this fella has this amount and he's this and he's trying to encourage kids to fight. And it's like, He's not encouraging them to fight. He's just passing he's in, down what was passed on to him. Yeah, he's telling them not to let someone else walk all over him. Is exactly. what he's doing. And that's, like, that type of thing is, like, like that's the best way to raise your kids, in my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've seen kids that got walked on mm. because they weren't like that. Like, and growing up in, like, although we're talking about all the good, but growing up in the working class areas, like, there is a lot of fights. Like, mm. when yeah. you're young, like, all you did was fight all day. That's all I did. I just fought every day for me how life got bet round. It was great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we loved it. But like like you have to learn like I seen kids who who got a smack in the mouth playing a game of football and something happens and they have an argument and one of them hits him and he just goes off crying and then the rest of the lads sort of think not that day or not the next day, but a week or two later, the lads know that he can go at him. Easy target, and yeah. And it happened so often years ago. And I I was always that little hard man kid that was like I'd rather take the hiding and but the lads say, Well at least he threw a few digs back than be the young fella who walked off. You know, and then again my ma wouldn't let me do that either. I mentioned this in episode two, I think it was, about like years ago, well a load of young fellas came in. We were only kids. It was at Halloween time and a load of young fellas and young ones came in. There was only me and four or five of the boys sitting on the wall. And one of the young fellas out of the other flats came in. I don't know where it was. I think it was down here, it was in the neck of the woods actually. But uh, one of the young fellas bounces out and he's saying, one of you group off the wall and have a straighter. Grow up now, you little whatever and whatever. And I remember just sitting there and I was sitting and I was like, oh, we're going to be killed here. And my ma was up on the back and it was just underneath, just at the pitch. And she screams down, if you don't grow up off that wall, Oh, yeah, I remember hearing him. you saying that, yeah. oh, I'm going to kill you when you grow up to the gaff. And I'm sort of saying, the hiding off him is not going to be half as bad as the hiding off him. Because oh, yeah. she whipped me around and I knew that. So I bounced up off the wall, had a strength and I got bent around the flats, bent on pillow at the post I was. And, but after the relief, I went up to the gap. My man gave me a hug and a kiss and bought me a chipper. <laughs> there you're at. Well done. Don't let nobody hit you or anything like that. You know what I mean? At least yeah. you grew up and you bleed and stood there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the boys liked it as well. And Arden Malloy, she went out to Arden Malloy. Oh, that's my cousin. Oh, is it? Arden Malloy. So my, my, my dad's a Malloy. So Aaron Taylor. Trevor. Trevor. No, Trevor's his dad. Yeah, no. yeah. Would he be Wait, your relationship? No, Trevor is me. Yeah, Trevor is me, me cousin. Yeah. <laughs> me, 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 me dad's cousin's. 
Yeah, so, yeah, because I was, yeah, I didn't come over at the New Year there from America and I went up there and we had a bit of Wait, breakfast. Wait, no, we're chat. talking about a different errand there, were oh, we? Oh, are we? Players football, no? No, different oh, errand. But the Malloys are from Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. The my man's going to have a field day listening so to this. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're more likely my cousin after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, getting the cousin and all of this is great. <laughs> but uh, when I didn't come over at the New Year, we went for a bit of breakfast, went on whatever and whatever, and it was short to to me about that story when I said in episode two, and he goes, I was under the cunts then, he said, I was at the back of the leg day. <laughs> he said, fuck that, you know what I mean, but he remembered it, and it was gas just to think about. But look, I, I'll definitely run my kids that way. It's like, look, I think I had a lot of hurt as a kid, right, from the way I was brought up and stuff like that, because a lot of things weren't right, but mm. I think them type of things were right. It's like when I went to that medium that time, the medium was like talking to me and whatever and whatever and she was, like I was telling her about, like she was asking me about my life growing up and stuff like that and she was like, like if I asked her one thing, would you change anything about your life? Like if you could have a different life from what you did, would you change it? I said, not a hope would I? Look, I actually loved where I was brought up mm. in terms of that, but that's only things that, in working class areas, like anybody outside the working class area or the inner city here, like... Your man telling you to grow up and fight that young flat. They're like, what? No, that's wrong. Like, you're not supposed to do yeah. that. Like, that's you know what, what I mean. It's well, like another last week. Remember when I was saying, like, I'm more likely going to have to ruin my kids out here. Yeah. And, and that, that's the heartbreaking yeah. thing. That's I, because I don't want to do that. I, I want them to be around the same way. You said that to me. That gave me a sinking feeling in my chest. I know, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my. Like, I actually felt so horrible thinking about that. Like, that's what's going to happen. Have to like, come up somewhere else. Like, in a different way. Different, you know different class kind of thing. Yeah. Like, one thing I completely understand is not, I feel the same way in a sense. But. If I had the option, I'd love to raise, I'd love, if I had a family, if I had kids, I'd love to raise them in the area, in the inner city, the same way I was raised with all their cousins, you know, but that would mean that I'd probably have to live the same life that my man and dad lived. And I don't want that for me. And I also wouldn't want it for any kids that I might have, you know, like I have bigger dreams and aspirations. I have we have opportunities now available to us that air mas and dads well, probably that, didn't that's, have. That's something as well that I talk about is like, like because our mas and dads and their mas and dads, it's just, it's instilled into all of them that, listen, you go to school, you finish school, you, or you leave school, you get a job, you get a wage, you settle and, and that's life. You have to be, in their head, you have to be content with just finishing school, I think it's getting a, a job. It's what we touched on with Liam Cunningham, it's stability. Once yeah. you have stability, you're, you're but winning it's, in it's life. Because, yeah. That's because they don't know what the unknown is, right? And just a quick example of it is like, when we started this podcast and I told me, man, Ma's like, what the fuck's a broadcast? What's yeah. a, a podcast? It's like, she's like, what's a, She's like, Titan's like, you, you need to be walking, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, you have to make the words. I'm like, but Matt, look, look, I'm like, I know that, right? Yeah, I do have to do that for a period of time. But like, like in my head, man, I'm gonna do this and this and this. I'm not gonna say what I was saying, but I was like, man, I'm telling you, we're gonna do something with this. This is gonna be big, like, mm. and I still feel that way now. But I'm not saying that the whole, and she's like brushing her off, and she doesn't mean harm by it, but it's like it's the unknown. Just get a job, and again, I couldn't just say the whole because my man doesn't know fucking Tommy Turner is and how anyone else is. Do you know what I mean? My man's like not that up to date for all that shit. So, like, I I can't talk to say the whole, but look at him. He's at the doing it. Like, there's no one like from. Dorchester or Shelley Street, I can't say. But man, like that comes at the end. So like, so I'm sort of like, but man, just you wait and see. Yeah, you'll see. Like because it's just instilled in her. You finish school, get a job, and th- you have to be content with life. Mm. Where I think us, our generation, is sort of they're coming up the hard way, but we're also learning that. 
There's new like, horizons there's out there. There's new horizons. Yeah. Like, like, that's, like, we talk about the negative side of social media a lot, but the benefit of social media is monstrous. Like, like, yeah. I, like the things that we have now is, like, like, our man's and I still don't fully understand. They still think, uh, job, job, job. And I'm like, no, 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 fuck this. Podcast, social media, help mm. grow, make money. Oh, something that's at the pump in the head, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah, my sister moved to Australia. I can't even remember exactly how old I was, but I was young. I was a young teenager, yeah? Mm. And this is something I always feel like. I feel like we don't know each other now. Like, I grew up all my life, yeah? Mm. And when she's probably been away most of my life now. Well, she's been back and forth, but she's probably been in Australia more. Probably would be. And I feel like she'll probably know me more through listening to this podcast. Which is mad. mad what do you think it? about it? And look, imagine saying that 40, 50 years ago. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Mad. Because we get that a lot as well. Like, when me and Calvin, you have to get up, like, and people pull us that, like, I feel like you're my best mates. Yeah. yeah. We like, had a conversation with somebody last week and they said they listened to the podcast. Now, everyone will say that to you because people will be texting oh, love the podcast, listen to every episode, why don't you talk about this? And I'd be like, we literally we talked did. about that yeah. last week. <laughs> Just <laughs> spoke about it. Like, <laughs> someone literally texted me and said, talk about this. I was like, it was literally last week's episode. Yeah. Literally last week's episode. Yeah. But uh, last week, so this fellow was talking to us and I was, so when he said I listened to every episode, I was like, yeah, like, sure you do, you know what I mean? I brushed her off. But I was saying something and I was giving me opinion on something and your mum was able to tell me my opinion before I got the sentence out. And I was like, Oh fuck like this fella does know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? So we does so people you don't realise it, Darren. So like we just talk, but we actually are saying how we feel and how genuine we are. So yeah. we actually are spilling our hearts out well. So people do know us. If you listen to this, you kinda of will get a feel. You do, yeah. Especially sh- personalised, like especially in the earlier episode and episode they were like Kevin and yeah. me talk about like our personal life and the shit. Like whatever and whatever, but like we talk about that. But then we get into like people will see a humor side of things, yeah, and yeah. they'll see this side of things. So it's like they see all the personalities. Like although it's only an hour and a half, when you build them up over twenty six episodes, people fucking know us. You yeah. do, do, you yeah. know what I mean? Sure, I even felt like that coming today, and yeah. then I was like, "This is mad." I feel like I, I feel like I've already had a conversation yeah. at the table with these yeah, two, even yeah. though I haven't. Do you know that way? Yeah, a, because you do kind of feel like you're involved in it when you're listening. Yeah, yeah, do you know, yeah. which is good. It's a, it's a good thing that we it's have. It's nice yeah. to know. But yeah, see, so See what you're saying there about uh, like getting that sinking feeling at the top, raising the family outside the yeah. area or wherever. Like, like, do you not think that like say it's kind of it's like no more proof than now, right? Inner city areas being bulldozed out, right? The areas are not there. The feeling and the people will never change. So whether or not you're dispersed around, say apartment blocks or different areas you'll always kind of have that web or that connection with the people that you grew up with or raised and one thing that I definitely learned when I moved away I felt real like uh you know like I had a bungee cord to Dublin the whole time I was yeah, in Liverpool yeah. and I, I felt like I really couldn't disconnect and as soon as I realized I couldn't be connected I was living there now for five years and that was you now I was going to have to get used to that I was like do you know, like, the, the values that I was brought up with, with, you know, like, your neighbours are as good as your family, you know, providing, you know, providing you build that relationship with them yeah. or whatever, and instilling those things, like, for example, talking about the way you raise a kid or whatever, like, when I moved to Liverpool, I built that relationship with my neighbours, I lived, I noticed that those things that I found, like, comfort and home when I look at me nanny and she felt like home I was like hang on that's in me like that's in my blood and that's one thing that I've gotten comfort out of 
the more I see the community getting yeah. separated, I'm like, that's in me. Like, that's in my blood. And it's not just in me blood because I witnessed it. That's in my blood going back to me. Great, the great Nanny Dunleavy that was delivering mm. babies. That will be in, if I have kids, that'll be in their blood. And it'll be in their kids' blood because that literally seeps out yeah. my veins and yeah. all of our veins. Anyone that's from community yeah, like that that appreciates it you can create that like yeah. you know t- you know like like the, the Sheriff's flats are today's apartments will be no like next decades I don't know what we're going to be yeah. living in like you know um, like you can create that do you know that way Definitely. and I think that's important to remember so that people don't feel like when the flats are gone or when the community is gone or like you know when they, the plants for sheriffs come in they're getting rid of the houses like that doesn't mean we're gone or our community's gone we have to find our footing again Definitely. but like you're still me cousin you're still me cousin you're still me cousin <laughs> even though we're not blood related you know that way yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like important to remember that that you have that kind of we have what do they call it there's generational trauma built into working class inner city people yeah. do you know that we don't even realise that we feel or have but is that what we all have a chip on our shoulder right someone asked me this a few weeks ago I said yeah we have a chip I have a chip on my shoulder we don't right change that narrative because I unless right I don't I don't fully know you but I feel like just from listening to the podcast I do and I having a chip on your shoulder is feeling like you wish you could nearly swap what you had. Like yeah, your own hat. I, what you, what you I don't think we have chips on your shoulder. We have experiences that we carry around with us. And like, we wouldn't be doing well in life if those experiences weren't helping us or doing us for the better, do you know? So I don't think, I think like having a chip on your shoulder is a negative thing. Like, I don't think we have a chip on your shoulder. Like you said, you wouldn't change our upbringing for no. the world. I think we have experiences that... If anybody could pick them out of a hat, Jesus, they'd run a mile. They they throw them away as quick as they pick them up. But once you live with those experiences, you realise that you know through the through the lows come highs and come like perspective. Like your your perspective is so widened. You know that way that like you it's something that money can never buy. Education can never teach it. Do you know? It's like this one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. I swear to shivers not But it but it's so true, yeah. do you know? And changing that narrative because we then you know, like my nanny didn't tell me you have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. The people from the outside, when I spoke up and said, Here, don't call him a junkie, that hurts my feelings because I have family or friends or who are drug addicts and you know, you're amounting them to that name. Here's their backstory and understand why they you know, that could have been me. It just wasn't by chance. Mm. And you're telling me I have a chip on my shoulder, you know, but let me tell you what it is. I have experiences that were very heavy, but now like help me to flourish and be the best artist, social kind of justice speaker, wherever you want to be or wherever you are. Like if you didn't have those experiences, your people wouldn't be connecting with your podcast the way they do. Yeah. Do you know, I wouldn't have been dying to come on the stage. I was yeah. saying to Calvin saying the phone, like most of the stuff that I do, that's like work related and I say I'm saying this is work related even though it doesn't really feel work related because mm. I guess she was asked me to be on this because of me music and where yeah. I'm from but like most of the work environments I'm in I never really feel at home like when I say at home I mean it's never really like you know with one of our own it's never it never I always feel like I'm I'm um 
it's never really people that are from a similar background yeah, well, to me. That's what we said about Joe as well. It's like she's one of our own. Like mm. that's the, like the first That's exactly what you said on the phone. We're like, yeah. one of the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. from the same I mean? cloth. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's and don't come there's nothing wrong with not being cut from the same cloth. Like I say, I've learned so much and I owe my career to so many people who aren't cut from the same cloth as me. I learn from them in the same that's way. What, I, I think that's what me. life's about. You know, it like is. If if you go around and everyone's wearing red, you'll only want to wear red, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas you branch out, and yeah. I, that's that's what I love, like, that's what I loved about life and the like, going place and experience, like, the least little thing. Like, I know this might sound funny and stupid and all, but, like, there's Connor, he's a good friend of mine, he's from Longford, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, like, honestly, yeah. no, but really, we, yeah. me and him got on, like, a house on fire. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and I'm delighted for that. Yeah. Because, I can do things with him that I don't do with my other mates and I've mates in different lines of work, I've mates doing different stuff mm. and I love that. That's what life's about, you know, like that. Mm. Definitely. The experience and I don't know, there's no point in doing a podcast if you're only a one-trick pony, is there? No, exactly. Exactly, but it's, it's just nice to get into them topics though. It's nice to talk yeah. about all this 100%. stuff, you know I mean? 100%. These are the topics that we will because they're the most passionate about the ones that we mm. live through. They're the ones, like I'd wear my heart and my slave about this. Carly D one on me back all the time. So, I won't, like, I will call it, I'll call it a kip, yeah, it's my kip. It's our kip, it's that's our it. Kip. Sorry, Jack, we it's can our call kip. it a kip. Yeah, you can, you <laughs> can, you 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 can, Right, ready? Yeah, so earlier on on the phone, we were talking about what happened on Twitter last week. Yeah. You, you went on a bit of a mad one. Yeah. About them like, bulldozing and gentrifying and all this. Mm. Yeah. So, was that was that about originally when you knocked down the flats in Sharavat and built the OFSC? And it's happening now again. And it's it's just repeating so itself now. So there's compulsory orders coming in, you know. There's a there's a three hundred million euro development, uh, set for Sherry Street with the hotel, a hotel, and six hundred and sixty seven. I think I got that figure right. Definitely six hundred and sixty something built to rent uh, apartments. Sorry, where about that going to be? Uh, so you know, uh, no knockers. Yeah. No, across from Noctors. Yeah, them houses. Uh, yeah, so the the hotel is actually, you know, that kind of like court where place the where shop they, is. No, so you know, you know where the if you're going up the boundary wall. Yeah, do you know where that big kind of empty section of path is? Where where yeah, the police where the guard always parked. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. The the hotel opening is planned to be there. So it's going to be kind of built onto the train station car park. Yeah, so the whole CIE get knocked down. Um. It's going apparently going to be Ireland's first skyscraper, right? Which means all our whole community in living in the shadows, right? And um, already, like n- no one, I I work I work three jobs, right? I can't afford to rent. Now I'm not talking about I want to rent a whole apartment, a room. Like I'm looking at a room, you know, uh, around the area. So more built to rent apartments not going to really benefit the area at all now and the community now in the 80s right when they did the whole spencer dock redevelopment you know we were probably like you saw in the post that i shared the the 
in the documentary you can see our man going like no we don't really have plans for office blocks now we want to build like museums art and, galleries yeah. museums and then by side by side to that is what they actually built which was just all built to rent apartments now the whole kind of deal is when the land is sold off to them they, those developers have to give a certain percentage to social housing so they mm. say we have to give 10 percent to social housing 15 percent to social housing yeah they found a loophole around this and they went, oh, we can't really afford to give any of these apartments to social housing, but we do have another two developments out in, say, Talla or Ballymun or Belmain. Um, we'll give them to social housing. So people then that were getting moved out of the flats for these big developments weren't getting offered any of the things in the area. And you have to they leave getting, though. You're kind of, you're then at the very, you can be one of the last people say in the flats, like mm. what's happening in Croke Phyllis. Yeah. And you can keep refusing, keep refusing, <clears throat> but there is a compulsory order and there is a date for it getting knocked down. That's so eventually, and that's what's happening. And then these people are already caught in cycles where they can't actually break out of their current career because they have six kids to look after to feed. They can't go and suddenly kind of, you know, upscale or get a new, new job all of a sudden that you know um so that's the issue and that's what i was you know i every time i see another another article another tweet i feel like you know i feel like i have i have residual anger from my teenagers from all the crap that we had to witness and grow up through that i probably haven't fully dealt with yet and it boils up when i see stuff like this because i'm like again taking stuff off was that bit like when i said like we kept this place warm when no one wanted to live here. Yeah. We were the ones sitting here when RTE was driving down with cameras sticking out of van like they were around driving around a safari park, you know yeah. what I mean? We 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 lived here when when Irma's had to put different addresses on their CV to get a job. And now we have to change the job on our CV to get this address. Yeah. Are you joking me? Like you know the footy shop in Charles Street. What's the name again? Uh, Shanghai. Shanghai is down as IFSC. It doesn't say Sherry Street. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. yeah. It's down as it's what? down as IFSC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, that is. But see, like in the eighties, see the boundary wall, right? Yeah. The boundary wall was built to separate. Also, the coldest place in Ireland. But go ahead. Freezing. Oh my god. It's Freezing. the coldest place in Ireland. Yeah. I hate having today. To... Today was a nice day. Down there, you would have to wear a jacket. I hate having to walk down the boundary wall. Bitter, bitter. But um, the. Yeah, the boundary wall was built as a separating feature from the from the flats to the to the apartments and to the IFSC. The whole plan was that that wall would be taken down and it would be integrated. Actually, what they did and they built the apartments was they heightened it with barbed wire. That's still there today. That's the wall facing the sheriff. Hall. Yeah, yeah. That is it's some height. And like, the it's kids fucking huge. So how can they expect us to not be angry when like? You know, and not we're, be weary of that plan. Say, I, I wasn't yeah. aware of this. Like, yeah. why, why the fuck would you no put a hotel there? Do you know why? Because you're either stupid or else you have plans that you're not letting us know about, which then it did come out that they're trying to put a compulsory order in to get rid of all the houses in Cherry Street to then build the developments there. Do you know? Which again, none of us are going to be able to uh, afford, afford, you yeah. know? And it's like, you know, a lot of people come out and they go, oh, well, you know, uh, it's not yours, you know, it's not yours to claim, but it's like, hang on, we have deep rooted trauma in this community. Like Sheriff Street was left in the in the dregs of a heroin epidemic 
I'm still looking at skeletons of my people that I love who are affected by that heroin epidemic. That's still affecting us today. And even the kids today, it's affecting because there's people that aren't around that should be around for them that got swept up in that. You know, everyone turned a blind ear. Like we didn't have authorities. We didn't have the politicians. We didn't have anyone on our side. That's why our community is so strong because all we had was each other, you know? Um, And the so so when they're trying to take all that away from us it's like no like right okay you can say you know if there's people there to buy the land okay but would they get away with doing that out in in areas like you know black rock or you know they wouldn't they wouldn't get away with the neglect and the mystery and the 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 pure like prejudice they they wouldn't do you know i read something uh, a couple of years ago and i laughed at it because i kind of i felt a bit a sense of pride in it right because I knew the other side of this, right? So you might think, what the fuck is that? That's not funny. But it was an article, like the worst places in Ireland to live, mm. right? And number one was Inner City Dublin, yeah. right? Number one. And then I think in the top five, Dublin had three. Mm. Daniel was up there as well. And then there was one or two. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> no. But like there was, I think one of them was in Limerick and some yeah. was somewhere else. But uh, three, three out of the top five were in Dublin. Number one was our area, yeah? Mm. And I laughed and I'm like, I'm not laughing saying, oh, look, at that's deadly. I laughed because it's probably the most expensive place to live in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how? So which is it? Make your mind up. Like, exactly. it's either this paradise or it's a slum. Make your fucking mind up. Exactly. It's, yeah. And it's kind of like, like I did um, voiceover for this documentary, right? And the documentary was reading out, uh, part of the kind of voiceover was, I was reading out, um, uh, what you call advertisements for these apartments back in the 80s and when they were getting built right and it was actually like you you couldn't you couldn't write it if you told someone this without evidence they'd be like i are exaggerating there the in the advertisements for these they were advertising um how like does a does a green area that will be used as a separating feature to give you privacy more or less saying don't worry, we'll keep the scumbags away. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I can't remember word for word, but yeah. it's in that documentary made ground that I shared on my Twitter, like, in saying, like, how they get away with that. And it just kind of, it, it, it makes me so angry because I'm like, right, to, in order to live, like, I have a power at home, right? My ma's allergic to him. I have to be able to get in and, like, feed him and like you know like now it's not like you know it's not like a life or death thing she can put something in the cake but he needs to have his out time and he's mm. no like so i for that reason alone a lot of loads of other reasons as well but that's a that's a big reason why i'd like to be able to get into my house every day you know because yeah. like he's going to get like depressed like he's mm. he's 18 parrots get like they're 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 like little kids i know <laughs> yeah. he's looking at me like she's nuts but but right so like I'm going, oh, I'd love to rent, I'd love to get one of the apartments around the area or even like a flat or something like that. And you're either selling your soul, renting off one of the vulture funds, putting the money in their pockets, or you're going to view a room that you think is a room for 500 euro in Summer Hill. And when you get there, it's a single bed sharing with a middle-aged man in the same room. Are you having a laugh? Mm. Like that's a few doors down from where my nanny lived. Like I, you know, it's like, it's like it's baffling but you know it's like I won't bore people with it because everyone's in the same yeah. position and it's I know but well, don't, people boring. don't realise though they're torn in Dublin Dublin essentially they're torn it into a hotel it has no soul anymore you see what's going on they're demonising people for being out in the streets they're blocking off things they're just they're pushing out characters and class and culture and replacing it with apartments of a life cycle so 
someone's renting an apartment for a year, 18 months, and the next person's going to come in. So mm. it's a cash cow constantly coming. Yeah. And then I, 20 years' time, those apartments and hotels will be empty because people wanna, won't want to come here. There'll be nothing to There's see. There's nothing here. <laughs> like, there is nothing It'll now. literally just be a stop-off point, a little departure So lounge. you can't blame anyone for wanting to move away. Yeah. Like, I, more power to you. I seen a, a tweet the other day that some girl said, oh, my got a two grand fine because she emigrated. Do you know, because the travel restrictions. Oh my God, I've seen something. She emigrated, but like, I couldn't blame her for emigrating. No. Like, there's literally nothing here. There's nothing. And even I, like, people just say to me, like, oh, you have your job, you have a child, you have this, that. Like, I'm struggling to hang on here. Yeah. I'd be like, well, maybe I will jump ship. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking point? Mm. Like, I'm not going to be able to afford where I live. And then where I live is not going to be the same as where I grew up. Mm. So what's the fucking point? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be strange to you anyways. Why not just move to another fucking city? You know? And like, it's yeah. about time you actually start building skyscrapers. But you don't build a skyscraper in the middle of Cherry Street. Like, no, it's a place where, like I said, it was like a slum for years. And yeah. You don't get near Cherry Street. There's nothing down there. And now you just want to build skyscrapers. But that's the funny thing, the contrast as well. Because you have the IFSC and then you have Cherry Street, like sharing the same fucking footpath. Yeah. Like... People don't realise, I went to college in NCI around yeah. the corner and like, people are afraid to go to Sherva. Yeah. And like, I'd see people I know, I'd be like, oh, what's the story? Do you in the shop getting your lunch and all? I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm in college, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And people would be like, what the fuck's he talking to? Yeah. And then yeah. like, yeah. my friends be afraid to go to curry shop and all. I'd be like, that curry shop's actually nice, go around and then yeah. you'd walk around, no one would say anything to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but that's but it's just the perception. The yeah. perception, yeah. I was like, right, yeah. so all the, all the country's money is being harvested here and the IFSC. And then on the other side, you have the most approved, one of the most approved areas in the country. It's it's a stark yeah. contrast. Well, I saw it in an article a while ago. It's actually uh, maybe two weeks ago that was saying we will be the first generation that will be less privileged than yeah ever our, in the history than of the our state. Last, yeah, than our like so past since generation. the state was founded in the twenties. Uh, every generation has had it better than the previous, than and we're the first one that's going to have a worse than yeah. the last. Like, scary <laughs> to think about, isn't it? And in the most prosperous time in human history, exactly, yeah. we're gonna have a worse, and we're in the most one of the most thriving countries in the world yeah. as well with the tax rates and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So, we went off on a serious, serious tangent. Well, it wasn't even a tangent because it was needed, and it is relevant, and there is somebody who knows what they're talking about. So, it was uh, an important conversation to have. Yeah. But we can't have you on and not talk about music, yeah. So, come here, you went to college in Liverpool, yeah, yeah. So I studied uh, sound production there for a year, did mostly kind of studio uh, engineering and live sound. And then I went and did production and composition, which was more kind of like writing music, performing. Um, So I started producing my own music then. Uh, I was doing mostly kind of like dance orientated stuff. Um, Joined a band with this fella from Belfast, actually, and we ended up kind of doing going to America and doing loads of stuff and did loads of collaborations then with dance producers and um, got to go to South by Southwest and all these deadly things. And it was great because I got to get the feelers for the industry not in my own project. Yeah, so you, yeah. It means you get to make all your kind of mistakes not on their own name, you yeah, know, that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, time in my life and all of those. And now I'm kind of, I released my first kind of, oh, sorry. Yeah, grand. Yeah, I released my first kind of um, solo, uh, say like, I don't really know what you call it. It was like a spoken word uh, music video piece um, called I Was Never Young But I'm Not Yet Old, which was kind of like mostly, kind of just, capturing you know like you know old souls that most kids that grow up in our city are old souls yeah, aren't they and that yeah. feeling of like 
never being young when you're not even old yet. Do you know that yeah, way? Definitely. Um and uh I think I did that in two thousand and eighteen and then I released a song a year later and then my EP came the year after that. And really when the EP came I was not really in a headspace of making music. I just found out about that development going up. I was fuming. I started making a documentary to capture our community. So two friends of mine came down. They were like, we'll, we, we got, I got the kids from the school that I work in. I said, come on, mommy, go just go spend two days. We'll go around the area. We'll have a ball. So we were kind of just going around with the kids and, and capturing them, talking to the neighbors, capturing the community spirit over two days. And, then lockdown hit and everything and Dr. Martins reached out to me and said look we'd love to support you on a project that you want to do and I was like put them on the long finger for a while it's like you know what not my head's not in the music I feel like my purpose is in this at the minute like that's what has to fire my belly and they reached out to me a few more times and I was like hang on I can use I can use their help to like kind of heighten this platform and let people from our area know what's happening and and I released an EP through that and ended up kind of ending up getting to do a lot of, say, talk shows and stuff like that, where I was bringing up the topic of what I was passionate about, you know, that way, which was me, music and me community, you yeah. know. And where they meet in the middle then. Yeah. And come out, what was, uh, were you into music in school? No, I never did. Me- like, I was into music, Jordan, when I was a teenager and stuff. And when I was a kid, I was always singing, like, but I never did music in school glad I didn't because it probably would have made me feel like I didn't like it because I didn't really get along with any teachers bar yeah. one but I think when I was growing up I was mad into singing and performing and like storytelling you can probably tell because I yap for Ireland but <laughs> I so combining all those things I kind of be writing me own songs and I was mad into like no like I like used to I'd be in Fairview Park with me friends listening on the weekends like listening to her you'd you'd tape over the hot FM and all the radio yeah. stations and then you'd bring the tape out wherever yeah. uh, do you think and, you could sing Ragamuffin oh my god I do you know what when I first listened to this podcast and I heard that on the intro I was like gonna love this podcast <laughs> like, <laughs> that's her family song no, no Ragamuffin's at the intro uh What's yeah. the intro? Intro is the, the Broomstick song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, oh, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the last week, was mentioned last week. And not one single person. I had a couple of messages people saying, I can sing it, or I know someone who can sing it. And I said, yeah, no problem. Send me a voice message. Only freedom can make a black hand of oh, Only freedom can make a jump up now. Only freedom can make a black hand of Only freedom can make a jump up now. Let them know. I'm so happy. I fucking love it. So that's it. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that's the song. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the myth. Alma, we said no, nobody. Got <laughs> a lyric in front of her as well. That was yeah. all Adley about uh, the top of the head. Yeah, we had a, a bit of a family thing on uh, Saturday, and that was like it was funny because we, we, me cousin put that on, and I was in knots. I was like, ah, oh. the broomstick song. No, oh, Ragnarok. 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 Yeah, no, yeah, 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 I got the mix up with Broomstick as well. Like, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I spent all me all me time kind of. It was more I was real into ninety dance music when I was younger because I had like older cousins who yeah. kind of would have been big uh, ravers and, and all. Yeah, yeah no, you know, yeah, going yeah. to castle and all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so so yeah, I would have grew up on that music, and then I used to love. I loved the vocals on dance music. Now, like, you'd hear them yeah. belting out a vocal. Now, yeah. even, like, Show Me Love, that first, like, yeah, and that yeah. song is, like, yeah. power. Like, you know? So, I think um, 
through that, then I would just start kind of writing my own songs and, and stuff like that. And I always wanted to, like, it was hard because I with dance you can go to a dance class and you can get your buzz and your outlet of like dancing through being in a dance class but there's no really singing classes so I'd be like I want to sing like anytime someone would come into the house like me nanny used to pretend the fireplace was a stage and she'd be like go on go on the stage and do your song and I'd do anyone that would come in I'd be like singing for them you know and um and like I, then I asked me, man, can I go to singing lessons? Because I just wanted somewhere that I could sing. Mm. And you'd have a half an hour and it'd be over. And you'd be like, Did, uh, she spent 10 minutes telling me how to sing that. Like, I didn't, I want to sing more, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I probably do that now to me students. Yeah. But, um, but you know, uh, I was mad into music and performing and stuff like that. Um, always. And then once I kind of... Once I got into music and started to realize how it works, I was like, oh, like, hang on, like, I can I can produce the sounds that go behind that music. Like, I can make the beats and I can make the, you know, then I got learned the software, I downloaded software, I started DJing and I started getting into that end of it, like the, you know, the production end of it. And it just opened up the whole new world because mm-hmm. it was like, hang on, now I can... Now I can like put me 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 stories to music, but I can make music that interests me. I can make music that isn't just like me guitar. Although I love to me guitar, yeah, yeah. you know. You kind of I'm one of those. I'm I'm a very obsessive person, and that's why I think had I not had something to d- distract me, the environment that I was in could have been very negative for me because I don't like to just do something and c- I have to I have to like move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and sometimes I'm a bit like a you know a fireball in that way not very good if you're going in the wrong direction you know yeah. but like I was writing songs then I wanted to produce then I wanted to DJ then I wanted to you know yeah. get into every part every aspect of it oh, you know? music yeah hmm. right yeah. so now yeah we wanted to do up the flats <laughs> but before we get into that tell yeah. us about Tommy Turning oh, oh yeah that was deadly so uh so yeah, they. I thought I got catfished, right? Because <laughs> they contacted me, right? They contacted me and asked me, and it was the the email was at gmail dot com. I wasn't like ah no blah 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 production dot com. So I got onto uh, my friend Zoe, who kind of does a lot of styling stuff with me. Uh, tell me, Ma Roshan the harpist, right? Um, I tell I'm like come here don't say anything like but now Tommy Tiernan now before I told me ma don't say anything I told her Tommy Tiernan and then like my ma's cousin's kids are ringing yeah. when is Gemma on Tommy Tiernan I'm like oh they thought you're not allowed to tell anyone you're on that like oh my nerves is gone but so then uh, I didn't hear from her for like a week and I was like oh mommy I'm Scarlet I'm about to tell loads of people I'm on Tommy Tiernan and that's a Gmail account so then I'm like googling your one's name and then I got onto a fella who I knew, uh, me, uh, Kojak, uh, Kojak's manager is my friend. I got onto him and asked him, where do you know this person? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, thank God. And then she got onto so me. But I spent a few days thinking I was at the getting catfished. Like, <laughs> and you know what? I was like, I'd rather be catfished by a fella than catfished by like someone, <laughs> like the most like vulnerable thing ever. I was like, oh my God, am I about to fall for that? But, um, it was deadly, like, obviously with, you know, the lockdown and all that, didn't actually get to meet him. Like, we, we as I was coming in, he was going out, so we kind of you know, got a wave or whatever. But, like, it was such a great experience. And, like, it was it was deadly. And a, a gas thing about that, actually, just before I went to sing it, right, uh, 
typical me that like you're ready to go I'm like oh I've got to Thailand to... sorry Ray so I run to the toilet there and I'm I'm aware that they're all kind of waiting on me so I run to the toilet and as I come out I'm like I'm just gonna go run real quick to the studio bit like amazing there I'm dressed like a traffic cone right and wearing this like uh, a luminous yellow top blue kind of like um like running material jacket and check trousers and a pair of Doc Martin boots with chains on them so that the noise of me, the <laughs> colour of me, yeah. like I'm just loud all over, right? And I run into the studio to run back to stage because everyone's waiting on me, burst into the uh, set of primetime as they're in the middle of talking about all I oh. heard was the word, all I heard was the word economical before I lifted my head up and I was like, like trying to like tiptoe behind the, the court. <laughs> then came out sweating, trying to find me way to do. I was like, oh my God, I'm Scarlett, I'm Scarlett. And I came back around. They were like, we, we are ready to get lost. I was like, no, no. Went up to me drummer. I was like, I'm scared. But but that was a deadly experience. Yeah. Getting to do stuff like that is just, especially, I'm extra proud doing that as someone from area area do you know what I mean and yeah. um, like I went on Miriam O'Callaghan's radio show one time which is like so not my scene yeah thing, right yeah. best thing I ever did in my whole life and I'll tell you why because I spoke about the issues and I spoke about it in a very kind of like you know just saying that as it is there was no kind of frustration or I it was we were just you know me saying the truth the amount of people from you know the opposite end of the class scale if that's what you want to call it from where we are from getting on to me being like oh my god I've I listened to you on Miriam O'Callaghan and that's the first time that I ever saw it from your perspective and I was one of those people who had that judgment and you completely changed my perspective yeah so that must make and it I was like, extra that special that that because we're not here to point fingers around no. it's just like that is that's yeah. job done yeah. like I don't care if I don't do that not to the rest of my life change one person's perspective that can probably change someone else's that'll change someone else's so doing all stuff like that is deadly and that's how Connor heard of you as well here John the Tommy Turner oh show. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so you're gonna give us a, a rendition of Up the Flats yeah right let's do Special it Talking Bollocks <laughs> Talking Bollocks exclusive <laughs> Talking yeah. Bollocks will you always have me like I do you I engraved my name on the pillars of the arch So that when I left, I'd always leave me mark yeah, everything I am, I owe to you The soundtrack of the summer getting played by the sirens We fell and left in the middle of the violence See, I'd be nothing without you I find comfort when I'm feeling blue Wrapped in the colors of your avenue Will you always have me like I do you? Will you always have me? Will you always have me like I do you? I'm talking long days, so my nights Rolling over to the next Blue lights through my window Help me to come down Always feel at home with you Could never feel alone with you Na 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 No one understands How it feels to be with you And I'm never looking back no more They said we had nothing but we had it all Shouting up the flats 
Listen, thanks very much for that, Jemmy. You're an absolute legend. Thanks for coming in today, Calvin. Yeah, thanks very much, Jemmy. Really do appreciate it. So, thanks uh, for having me. My pleasure. It was yeah. a brilliant chat. I loved it. All right, so everybody, that's it for this week. Take us out, Connor. The Hip Knocker. Come down. Come down.